Hey everyone, welcome to We Weren't Friends in High School, the podcast where I reunite with high school classmates from my graduating class of Wizzhaken High School in the suburbs of Philadelphia. I'm Brad Corbett, class of 2001. I want to thank last episode's guest, Susie Spinelli, uh, episode 111, if you guys haven't had a chance to check that out. It was a really fun episode, which I think is just exemplary of what a fun person Susie is. And uh, I continue to uh, to talk to Susie from time to time and uh, look forward to getting together with her again, uh, maybe do a little happy hour or something like that soon. Uh, but this week, uh, my guest is one of Susie's best friends, Brianon Sujak, a.k.a. Brianon McQuaid. Brianon is really funny. You know, uh, I feel like uh, I've kept tabs a little bit with Brianon throughout the years. Uh, but Brianon actually is one of the first people to kind of reach out about the podcast uh, back around the holidays. And uh, was just very into it and had some suggestions of, of things that she would like to see on the podcast. And uh, I invited her to, to come down and, and do an interview right around the same time uh, that I was talking to Susie about doing an interview. So really just completely coincidental, as I mentioned in episode 111, uh, that two friends back to back ended up uh, coming here to do the show. Uh, one after the other. So pretty cool perspective, I guess, that we will get from uh, kind of that friendship and, and you know, some of the things that Susie said. And really, we're going to get to hear from Brianna's side the impact that Susie and and Susie's sister, Chrissy, uh, and some of that that group of friendships that that they had there, really the impact that they had on Brianna's life. Um, it's a pretty cool story that Brianna has here. Uh, so before we get into that, of course, before I forget, Always the social media, the Instagram. We weren't friends in high school. The Twitter, WWF in high school. I'm at Red Shirt Playa, and this podcast is available for everyone to stream, subscribe, comment, share. Uh, appreciate everyone that continues to, you know, just even slide in my DMs and send me comments from time to time. Uh, gives me a nice little boost of the day. So um, Thanks to everyone that continues to participate and share it around with people. I could definitely say that for you know, 2019, this podcast uh, and the interaction that I've been having with everyone has certainly been a highlight of my year. And so, uh, you know, looking to keep it going strong for 2020. So I guess uh, that is all of the housekeeping business. So without further ado, uh, let's get into it. Brianna Sujak. Yeah, a little bit. I, I wouldn't like like I wouldn't put this. Like, I wouldn't want to screw this on someone's. But you were stuff. able to bring it because you traveled places. Yeah, yeah. I've got like these. Oh, so you put them in there. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll, I'll take this all. I'll take this part off and then just put it on here. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then like, we'll just put it on a table and. Yeah. Talk like that. That's neat. Mm -hmm. And what do the headphones do? Or what do you listen for? I'm just listening to music. Casey, uh -huh. case like it gets boring and I'm just like zoning out. Just. Listening to jams. No, I'm listening to the <laughs> microphone just to make sure that like everything sounds good. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> in case, in case this thing sucks. No, I was like, that's typical for people. I understand that. <laughs> no, but I feel like that's what kids do. Like my, you know, all those kids with the AirPods mm -hmm. in. So I was like, oh, okay. Like if you saying that, I wasn't like even going to, I'd be like, oh, well, that, okay, that seems normal. Oh, Brad's pretty young and technically hip. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a cool train table. Yeah, so this is like a piece of shit table that I got from a thrift store. So don't worry about like, you know. Oh, no, whatever. no, no. I was just thinking if you had a car, that would also occupy your time. I thought that would be committing way too much to the joke. 
clever yeah. <laughs> get like toy car. Then people start wondering what the fuck I'm doing with toy cars in my place. No, but it would be cool if you had it. And then you could like pass notes. I don't know. I'm thinking like transport things. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to start. Okay. <laughs> so Brianna. Yes. Are you going, is it Sujak? Sujak. Sujak. Yeah. It's Polish. Okay. Formerly McQuaid. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? It's good. It's good to see you. It's good to see you too. Um, you're a person that I've like talked to a little bit on social media mm-hmm. over the last couple of years, and so naturally, when this podcast started, uh, you were someone that was excited to like you know talk to and yeah. get to know more, and you know. Yeah, I I like listening to it. I think you're doing a great job with it, nice. so it's enjoyable. And then even now, like. Since a couple episodes have come out, you can share it with people who don't necessarily like know our school. So it's neat because I was playing it today um, and the person who I was playing it for, they were like, this is pretty cool. You know, it was neat. And they were like listening to it and they thought it was interesting how you can have like conversations with people on different topics. Yeah. It seems like everyone kind of has like a little bit of something that from high school that they attached to, whether they were like the cool kid or they were in band class yeah. or whatever. Um, everyone's got kind of a story or something just, you know, to relate to. So, yeah. And people become, it's like a, not like a character, but I guess you, people can relate to those other people, which is neat, yeah. which is cool. I like yeah. it. That was kind of like my hope that, you know, as a side part of it, that other people would start to be able to pull stuff from it and, yeah. you know, you don't have to just know us specifically. Yeah. But it helps. It does help. <laughs> well, it's cool to like listen back and hear about people's names and different things. And you're like, oh, I haven't thought about that in so long. Yeah, it's still in your head. That's why I love names. Yeah. You know, I love your names and I go, oh, that guy. Oh, <laughs> yeah. my God. What happened to them? And even when sometimes people don't know the names of the people and I'm like screaming the name at them. They're like, I can't remember their last name. I'm like yelling it at yeah. in the car. <laughs> and I'm like, I know their name. I remember. <laughs> so that's funny. You, I like that. We had a small school. Did you feel like you knew like the bulk or did you feel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I knew pretty much. Um, I knew a lot of people. My sister's two years older and she was, I mean, her name, she's pretty unique. So, and, and her name stands out. My yeah. name stood out. So because we had the different names, people like teachers knew us and my sis, my sister was older and she's very unique and she was artistic. And so a lot of teachers knew her mm. as well. So that, and then teachers knew me, but then also other people in like older grades knew who I was and. Um, so I was, I talked to as many people as possible in school. I always said hello to people and yeah, felt like I knew most of them. Did you feel like, uh, well, let me start, I guess in the beginning, uh, where did you go to school before middle school? I went to Stony Creek. So I grew up in Bluebell. All right. Um, and I went to Stony Creek and I started there in kindergarten and then I went up through all of Wissahickon. Until you went to middle school. Yeah. Until middle school. Yeah. Who did you hang out with in elementary school? In elementary school, I was friends with Nicole Westifer. Um, she didn't end up going to our high school. Yeah, that doesn't sound familiar. Um, and then Kelly Brook, Megan McDougall, Kate Moult, they were friends, people I was friends with. Cassie King. Yeah. Was, uh, she was a grade above us. Yeah, I thought so, yeah. So she's someone that I was good friends with. Um, i trying to think. I also had a best friend who didn't go to our school. Her name was Jen Becerra. She ended up, I know she became friends with like a lot of our friends, like people who I was close to in high school and stuff and people still yeah. um, friends with her. She was my next door neighbor and oh, she okay. went to St. Helena's. So then I did know some people from St. Helena's and then also um, like Rich Stavinga. 
you know, Richard. Yep. Tall, curly, blonde hair. Yeah, well, Richard, yeah. And so Richard was my, he lives across the street and they moved here from California. So mm. my mom at some point had to go back to work. And when she went to work, his I would go to his house every morning before school. Oh. So um, we went to like rode the bus together. And then when our sisters could drive, like mm. one of them would drive us to school. And then when either he or I could drive, like we would drive each other to school. So even like up through high school. So we were always wow. like, which was I thought was cool. And I would always go to his parents. <laughs> I would like just go hang out. And he had an older sister, Kristen. And then he had two younger brothers who were twins. Now, were you and Richard friends though? Yeah. Like you were friends? Yeah. 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 Um, or at least like, like in school, I guess, did you hang out outside of school? Yeah, I mean, like, I'd go to his house a lot. I remember I cut his hair, which is not, I'm not, like, practiced at that. That's not necessarily (laughs) something that I should, I'm not a licensed, I'm not licensed in that. But, you know, I did cut his hair a couple times. I remember it's, like, in my memories. Because I always thought it was funny. So I used to get rides all the time from Ray Campion. Ray was like one of my first friends to drive. And so uh, he he would take me and Alyssa Maley home. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty much every day, but sometimes uh, he wouldn't be there, and so I would get like a ride from. There were a couple of people I used to get rides from, uh, Rodrigo Garcia. I remember him. Yeah, and uh, Pete Schumar. Oh, and they now, would, were you walking distance to school? Uh, no, my mom used to drive me. I was walking distance more uh-huh. or less. I lived, um, I, for high school, I lived at Edgewood. Okay. Uh, Edgewood Apartments, right on Bethlehem Pike and Edgewood Drive, right? Like, if you know where Eric lived, I was the next apartments. I was like the apartments oh, first. on Bethlehem Pike. Bethlehem Pike. Yeah, it had like a pool. And, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, it was like, I don't know, a mile less than. Uh, so it was like walking distance. There was a bus, but. Just because of the Bethlehem Pike. It was so close. Yeah. And because it was, but you could walk like tennis, you could walk Hendrick Street all the way down, okay. you know, through that area. Yeah. Uh, but because it was like, I don't know, they did one and then it was such a weird roundabout way. I took the bus like twice there and everyone got so mad. They're like, where are we going? Where are we going? This isn't the route. Yeah. Who, who's the bogey on the bus? And, <laughs> and you're like going around and then it's like, we're going right here, literally around the corner from school and everyone's just booing me off the bus. So I never no, took it again. That's so that's the worst. Yeah. They so still I used have to, to stop at your stop though. But no one had ever done it before. And so me coming in like once just oh, being lazy, okay, like, yeah. oh, let me try this, this stop that they have. And yeah. Uh, now I love walking, you know, I love walking around the city and I, you know, putting some headphones in. So I can't believe back then I never wanted to walk, but I was such a lazy kid. Yeah. No. Well, and it's hard though. It was a different, we lived in, it was more of like a suburb. So we didn't walk as much. I mean, I lived in a neighborhood and we couldn't really, I mean, I could walk around the neighborhood and actually I could walk the giant cause I was off of like township line. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was actually my, where I lived, I lived next to mermaid Lake next mm-hmm. to the golf course. Mm-hmm. So I was, uh, and then township line apartments was next to me. So I lived in the single family homes there. And then, so we had a sidewalk that went into township line. So I could walk into those neighborhoods that those houses and then the giant, there was a, a giant there mm-hmm. then and like a blockbuster video mm-hmm. and, um, all that. I think it's an IHOP now, yep, but IHOP's we, in and there. before that it was in a, a hotel, a motel. Oh God! And yes. it was a motel. Yeah, across from the Double T Diner. Yes, and the that burned down and caught on fire, mm-hmm. and then they built all that. So we used to walk. I used to like walk there, but that was like the extent of it. God, I remember people used to talk about the Double T Diner. Yeah, uh, someone got murdered there or something. <laughs> I don't know, but it said Double T T. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not. I don't think that's I, there anymore. I never, uh, you know, so I never had friends growing up in Bluebell mm-hmm. uh, until high school, and Scott Ritter lived right yeah. in Penland Bluebell Pike. Yeah. And so that was like kind of my my uh, 
little entry into Bluebell a little bit and you'd start hitting like Double T Diner and just doing stuff. At and that's the same for me in Ambler. Yeah. I, I didn't know really, anyone yeah. who lived in Ambler um, until I met Elisa Davli. Yeah. Um, so she lived on tennis and her family still does. Mm -hmm. And so that's how I knew. Um, I met her, I mean, when she came from like Ambler Catholic. So she went to our okay. high school. But that's what I knew of Ambler. I had never been in like a borough. Yeah. Like even Lansdale borough. I was like, <laughs> we like <laughs> we're afraid in like Conshohock and I didn't go into the boroughs. We just lived in like it was a definitely different area. But then I mean after I graduated from college, I did end up living on Spring Garden Street. Really? So I lived with Cassie, yeah, and her oh. brother Ryan for about maybe it was a little under a year. Okay. So I did live there, which was cool. I liked it. We yeah. walked everywhere and you could go everywhere. I love that area. But in mine just bought a house uh not far from from there, like on the Madison Avenue side, okay, uh, which is where I went to elementary school. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, yeah, it's super cool. Like I'm excited to start hanging out there again. Yeah, it's nice. I like it. It's such a nice area, and they have so many festivals and different things to do. Yeah, they keep building it up, and uh -huh. you know, I hope I hope the businesses there get some stability. It's always a rotating door, but it is. Um, the restaurants are, they have changed, but I think that one they have was Stella. It's not Gypsy Blue. Stella's. There was a Gypsy Saloon is a place in Contra Hocken, and they have oh, a, sister, okay. a sister restaurant that's now there in Ambler. And that's pretty good. I think it is called Gypsy Blue. It sounds familiar. Yeah, because there was Stella Blue and then Gypsy Saloon, Stella Blue Clues, and Contra Hocken. But that place, okay. it's, so it's Gypsy Blue in Ambler, and that's really nice. It's like the old wind drift, or was it a Wyndham? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like old school, and the building collapsed, like half of it or something yeah. collapsed, and it was Did a couple he, of different things. Yeah, like a Finn McCool's. Yeah, yes. yeah, yes. That's yes. what it was. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And the Lucky Well. The Lucky Well. Yeah. The Lucky Well. Yep. Which is pretty good. Yeah. So when you went to middle school, did your friendships like stay the same? Kate Mall, all those? They did. I mean, I would say I'm still friendly with, I was still friendly with them. Um, I became friends with, I was friends with like Rena Lewis. It was Katie Pollan. Was it Katie? Katie Pollins. Yeah, Katie Pollins. Yeah. I was good Who, friends with her. Last time I saw her was working right there in Ambler on Butler Pike. Oh, really? At the Lucky Well. Oh, really? Yeah. I haven't seen her in years. I remember going over and hanging out with her a lot at her house. That's cool. And being friends with her through middle school. I was friends with like, Karen Applebaum. Yeah. And going to her house. I feel like we went to camp together, but I can't really remember. What kind of camp do you go to? Um, I know I went to Burnbray. Where's that? It is in like Upper Dublin area. All right. It was the only camp because my mom had to work. So my parents got divorced when I was like 11. And so my mom had to go back to work. And mm. it was the only camp that would pick us up because she couldn't oh, drive us. Oh, yeah. So because she worked at Temple. So, I mean, she was driving to North Philly. Wow. Like early in the morning coming home late. So we had to get a, a van, came and picked us up and brought us out there. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Which was cool, though. It was a cool camp. My sister and I went. We didn't go very long. I mean, we went a couple of years until we were like old enough then to stay home by ourselves. But yeah. it was pretty cool. I got picked up by my counselor. Uh, yeah. I used to go to country day camp at, okay. uh, camp at Mermaid Lake. Yeah. And yeah, they used to pick us up there and that was, yeah. Probably it, smart. My mom had us go there. Could have just walked yeah, there. I didn't, yeah. Cause we swam. It was great. They had the, yeah, the pool the, with the slide and yeah. the great jungle gym. They had like, they had like the whole uh, snack bar mm -hmm. and yeah. Yeah, we belonged there um, until I was – because I swam there from when I was, like, five until high school. Mm -hmm. So I swam through high school. But um, they just sold it, mm -hmm. all the land, which is – I heard that. My heart. Yeah. Because that was, like, my childhood. Same. Even golfing. I learned how to golf there. 
and I did everything. It was just, I, I loved it, but sorry. I did uh, two years of camp there, but then in middle, no, in uh, elementary school, Shady Grove, we used to go there for like end of the year. Like party. that was, yeah, yeah that like was like the grade, farewell fifth grade, fifth grade party. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, you go and play kickball or whatever. Yeah, swim, we went there too, actually. Dogs. For Wait, did we go there for high school? I don't recall that. My last time really, like I remember going was like fifth grade. I know that I think we went there in high school because I remember I was wearing like a bikini. So I definitely was not oh, doing yes, that. Yes, we did. I completely remember. And that. I was like, so, <laughs> no, I don't oh, now you remember it. No, <laughs> no um, I remember someone else, but. <laughs> well, now um, I'm not no, memorable. No. I understand. Thanks. Um, I completely, I remember like, I remember playing like regulators there. Yeah. Like bumping out my car. Were we car seniors? I don't like, remember yeah, we were if we, we were that old. I remember because yep. I yep, drove yep. home. Actually, no, because I could drive. I drove home. And then got changed and then walked over because uh-huh. I used to like had a hole in the fence and we would just like go right through. So we, I always, that was funny. That is funny. Wow. You just sparked. Yeah. You just sparked a <laughs> memory in my head. Memory. Yeah. And it looked from what I could see from the pictures that they've shown since they've sold it, it looks exactly the same. It does. As it I did. was there uh, two years ago. My mom's company does their like work, their work party there Yeah. Uh, at Mermaid Lake. And so I was there two years ago. Uh, and we did like the whole walk around. The cabins were all still there where we used to like, get changed. Yeah. Uh, the basketball court right in the middle of all those cabins. The pavilions, they still yeah. cook, you know, these sh- shitty hot dogs that somehow taste really good there. Yeah. Um, the pool, all still there. They had like a little, uh, a little like ice cream truck for like snow cones and uh-huh. stuff. It was all we had exactly the, the same. They had a the phone mini, there. Go- the mini golf course. Mini golf course. <sighs> I remember I got a hole in one there on my birthday one year. But also, that's where I learned how to play golf, like, because it's like a nine hole place. Mm-hmm. So I, my mom started taking me out there. I, guess, I, don't know, I was young. It was before high school. So I started golfing and then we would just. But it was cool because I could just cut right through the fence. Yeah. Like we just ripped the, the iron, like the little chain link fence or whatever and would go into the pool. And I did that a lot in the summers when I finally was old enough to stay home, you know, mm. by myself. So we just go to the pool all the time. What did you start doing? Is that what you would do for like, what would you do for fun? I guess after school, middle school, high school. When I could drive. So I started driving in 10th grade. I started driving. I think it was like September and I like totaled my car in October. Same. And I think that was my sophomore year. Maybe it was my junior year. Maybe my junior year. But soon then I like didn't get a car then for a little while after that. Because I got in trouble. But also I had a, um, so I would go home a lot of the time after school because my mom wasn't home. My sister was there. She was a senior then. So she would be around. I would go to friends' houses some of the times after school. Um, I played sports. I played in ninth grade. I played more sports like field hockey and that kind of stuff. So I did play field hockey. But that after ninth grade, I didn't really play any more sports. Um, I just go to friends' houses and go home. That seems to be homework. like what everyone like. Yeah. But like friends houses was like a big thing. And then yeah. after. <laughs> so we um, I got in. Tr- so I worked at Once Run Park mm-hmm. and I worked in the snack stand. And that's really how like I became better friends with Cassie. And then um, so I started working there and I was like 15. And then I became like a park range. I guess we call it a park range. A park attendant. Okay. So I got to drive the Gator. I don't know if you ever went there. <laughs> no. if you ever, I played basketball been there. there but... Basketball there. So like I drove, got to drive the Gator and I drove that around. And then sometimes kids who got in trouble who um, 
needed to do like community service hours. Mm. So I'd have them. So there'd be 16, 17 year olds that I like uh. mostly boys. One kid I remember was from PW, but they would, I'd go there when I started working, I'd go there after school and work. And then I would have like kids who were, had to do community service hours and have them like rake the baseball fields with okay. me and like change the trash and work the like sell pretzels on hot dogs. Yeah. So I worked at the park for a while, but then I just hang out with people who were around there. I was friends with Kevin Knebel. I remember him cause I went to prom with him when I was a sophomore. Hmm. Interesting last name. It sounds he familiar, but there. it's a hard last name to forget, but somehow he was older than us. Okay. And then I think he lived in the neighborhood with Chris Hoagland. Yeah. So yep. I think they lived near each other. Yeah. My life crosses with, with Hoagie every once in a while. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was um, Chris Woodland, Simone Woodland. I hung out with mm-hmm. them in high school for a time period. It's like I'm trying to think. I used to go to these kids' houses or go to work. What was like, was it pretty Baby much like set. everyone else? Was it like, was it drinking at the houses? Was Not it- after school. Um, I didn't really drink as much. I mean, I did, but not so much like young. Um, I would i mean i know my mom's gonna probably listen to this but um like skip school like in the morning stuff so it was hard because like my dad i uh, lived in new jersey uh, actually he might have lived in bucks county at that time he did live in bucks county then and then he ended up moving to new jersey and then my mom you know she worked so she mm-hmm. worked at temple for a long time and then um she had to work so my parents were divorced and my mom traveled sometimes so she would you know when my sister and i were 16 and 18 um she would travel and we would go to my dad sometimes <laughs> But again, he lived like 45 minutes away, and that's a distance when you're that young. Yeah. I mean, you think. Now it's like nothing driving that far. 45, yeah. Yeah. Easy. Easy. I'm like driving from Yardley to here. But so what would end up happening is that we did have a lot of parties, my sister and I. So we did. And I, the first time I got, I got punished a lot. So I was punished through a lot of high school. Really? Yeah. For partying? Yeah. Because what happened, I think the one that we got in trouble for, 16 the one i got in trouble for is that so my mom went away and we used to make a joke that every october like my mom somehow would if she was out of town or whatever i got in a car accident (laughs) and that has gone through like i just like my car insurance was like this october i'll finally be clear from like having an accident in october wow so yeah i don't have good luck in october but um we would have parties and i remember having them like on the weekends and whatever, and my neighbors would knock on the door. But the one that I got in trouble for is that, do you remember? Um, someone's mom came. Oh, wow. So I had so many people at my house. And there weren't even people who I was like necessarily close friends with. Yeah. I mean, my close friends like in high school was like Elisa, Dodley, Chrissy, and Susie Mullet. They were my best friends. And they still are. So mm-hmm. there's still people I talk to um, every other day. But I know they were there, of course. And I hung out at their house a lot. But Amy Taylor, Amy Taylor, mm-hmm. do you remember Amy yeah. Taylor? Her parents came and I was like, oh. so people ran and it ended up, my sister was there, but she was like upstairs in her room and I ended up like running too. And then I, I came back, I got, she called like, I think I had like a flip phone. She goes, <laughs> where are you? I'm like, I'm hiding in the neighbor's house. She's like, you live here, come home and deal with it. But yeah, then what happened is that like people... Joey Marciano was there, I think, and he might have cut up some of my parents' flowers. Oh, nice. I think, or I did. And then the jig was up. Yeah, no, because we tried to plant them again, and that didn't work. I got in trouble. But then when I was 16, I got punished until I was 18. What does that entail, being punished for two years? 
Like, um, you mean the whole time you were punished, or you just kept getting in trouble? Well, I wasn't allowed to go out. Like, I was punished pretty much for a majority of the time. I was allowed to go to the mullet's house, and I was allowed to go to Elisa's house. Like, I was allowed to spend time with Elisa, but I wasn't allowed out past, like, 10.30 at night. Um, I had to go home. I had to get a job after school, so I babysat or worked. Like, the during park. the week, you mean? Mm-hmm. Now, see, for me, like, that feels, I don't know. I remember... I remember being out with my friends on like a Sunday night until like 11 o'clock. My mom going like, where, like when I got home, she's like, where were you? And we were just driving around, but like, that was like 11 o'clock was late. So for you to say like 1030, well, not even like- till, yeah. But I mean, that was like on a Friday, maybe Okay, like on a Saturday. So, but I wasn't allowed to, I could go to like Starbucks hmm. and I could go to like, but. Did we have Starbucks back then? Yeah. Wow. We okay. did have a Starbucks. Yeah. So, and I was allowed to do that, but. I was allowed to hang out with Elisa because her parents were strict as well. So, you know, she wasn't allowed to do as much stuff. So I could hang out with her. But my mom, like, I couldn't talk on the phone. So my mom would, like, people would call the house and she'd come up to the door and she'd be like, Brianne's not allowed to talk to you right now. Oh, no. (laughs) Sorry, she's in trouble. (laughs) You didn't have your own line? No. Never. I was not allowed to do any of that stuff. (laughs) My mom was really strict. But I I remember because... our senior prom was on my 18th birthday. So that's the first time oh, I was allowed to like go out like late. Okay. And I stayed, I was so excited. Cause I was like, it's my birthday. And I got to go out to like, I think I was out to like three o'clock in the morning. Who'd you go to prom with? Tristan Goodell. Yeah. Yeah. Was that prom? I guess it was prom. Yeah. I don't remember we went back. I think I went, uh, I don't remember where I even went after that. I know a couple of the dances. We would go back to the mullets house a lot. The mullets, I hung out at their house a lot. Mm-hmm. I was there a lot of the time. And their mom, their parents were great, good to me. Because my mom, had, when she had to travel for work and stuff, if she was at home, they would take care of me a lot. Um, same with Mrs. King, um, Cassie's mom. And I would stay there. Um, even when Cassie went to college, like, I would go to her mom's house if my parents were out of town. Yeah. Like, just to, even though, like, I was 18, you know, or I wasn't 18 yet, but if I was 17, I still like would go there and stay there. For yeah. Mrs. King, which is nice. She since actually she just passed away like six months, almost maybe six months ago. And oddly enough, Mr. Mullet did too, like last month. Oh wow. Yeah. So it's it's crazy because we're at that time where people's parents are getting yeah older. getting older and yeah, and that's happening. Seeing it. But um, but it's neat because I had I had friends with great parents who were always there and helped out. So I was really fortunate. Uh, so you said that your dad lived a bit, a bit away. So did Mm -hmm. you have like a relationship? I didn't, uh, once I got to like high school, my parents got divorced when I was, uh, in eighth grade, the end of seventh grade into eighth grade. So, Mm uh, and I saw my dad for like a little bit, but then as I really got into high school, I didn't see him at all. Like by the time I was probably in 11th grade, like not at all. And, um, I would say probably, you know, oddly enough had more of a positive effect after a while, Mm -hmm. uh, rather than the back and forth of, you know. The yeah. divorce and all that. But did you have like a relationship with your dad through high school or? Yeah, I did. I was very. um So it's different. Now, I think it was different then. I think back when like I you didn't do the back and forth like your dad had you on weekends. And I mean, that kind of no, stuff. no. My dad didn't have like like dedicated uh, custody custody. I mean, it was like shared, but um I don't know why it, it was. I don't think my mom 
I don't think my mom like took like official custody, but for some reason, yeah, I wouldn't spend like probably more than like a night or or you know. Did he live in this town? Did yeah, we stayed in Ambler. That's the funny thing. He did too. That, yeah, he stayed at the house uh, till the day he died. Actually, where's your mom? And yeah, we stayed in we stayed in Ambler. Uh, at Do your parents live so. together? No. I mean, oh, well, well, when well. We, no. I mean, when they were married, they did. But yeah, no, but when then. We, sorry, let me make this clear. Yeah, I'm like, wait. <laughs> so when my parents uh, got divorced and got separated at the end of seventh grade. Uh, we lived in Ambler, in South Ambler, by the Ambler Post Office. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they got divorced, my mom and I moved to Edgewood Apartments, like uh, up on Bethlehem Pike. Oh, okay. And your dad stayed, stayed at the in house. South Ambler. Yeah, stayed at the house down How there. How was that moving out of your house? Looking back, it didn't feel that weird. I mean, the whole thing was weird, I guess. But mm-hmm. I, I think I was more concerned with, like, my dad's reaction to everything. Um, and when you're a kid, you probably don't um, – you probably don't – translate those feelings the same way so i probably don't even know how it really 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 felt if i was like freaked out or not but i don't remember being like like oh i hate it here or this is terrible i have to leave my home yeah it wasn't wasn't like anything it didn't feel like that it just felt weird around people like when i would come back home uh or i would come back to the house and then it's like oh who would i hang out with it's like well i can hang out with the kids in the neighborhood like i used to but i haven't seen them in like a month so that you know, kids change. Yeah, and kids are so much like, oh, I haven't seen you in so long, and are we riding bikes? You know, when it, you only have like this day to do stuff. Yeah, it's different versus like someone just knocking on your door randomly. Hey, we're going out. You know, you're expecting people to like do stuff for your big return back home. Yeah, I don't think that was a thing. So it became more of a, like a, I'd have to make the effort to let people know I was home. Yeah, in the neighborhood with all the kids I grew up in, and that was probably a little harder. Um, so I think I became very, I, I was always very independent because I'm an only child anyway, but oh, yeah. I think I, um, stopped coming down to where I, where I grew up and I would go down there to hang out with like Ray Campion lived down there. Yeah. So we grew up together and my mom and his mom are best friends. And that's and awesome. So, you know, I would still go down there to hang out, but that started kind of becoming the only reason I would go down there would be to just go to his house after a while. It wasn't really to hang out. Uh, in the neighborhood anymore and in an apartment you don't really have neighbors yeah did you feel bad not visiting your dad when you went down there to see ray no i felt more like scared or awkward it became after a while it became more of a thing where i felt my mom kind of like i think brought it up to me uh when i was kind of i was kind of going back and forth but like i would see my dad and then we get into like some sort of an argument and then my dad I have this very similar trait where like when I lose trust or when I get angry about something, I need time sometimes to decompress Mm -hmm. and uh, come back to the situation. But he was a little bit more stubborn in that he sometimes wouldn't come back to the situation. Uh, And so when we would get in arguments and fights, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't hear from him for a while. And then I, you know, I I think I would act out, but I didn't know that that's why I was, you know, I just had anger. What year was your dad born? Oh God. uh, forty. 142 something like that i want to say 41 41 so i think that that plays a big part as like because well my dad was born in the 50s so he was born 53 my mom was born in 1945 um so she was older than my dad but my mom's an extremely open person and really talks about her like i mean so and so are my sister and i my father is was raised um he was one of seven and he was the third child and they were Irish Catholic and the seven of them were like 15 years apart. Yeah. And, you know, so they were, but talking about emotions and different things wasn't really something that they ever did. Now, more so the younger ones, like I have an uncle Mark, my aunt Rosemary, um, they really talk about their feelings. I mean, they have no problem with that, I think. 
um, because they're younger. The mm-hmm. older ones I had a harder time because it was a different time. And I think that that's yeah. the hard part when you say like your dad, if you guys had a disagreement and then not discussing it, it's because this is not something we talk about. This is over. This is fine. We're good. And with my dad, I so fortunate. My, my dad does never raises his voice. I've never once heard my dad yell. Okay. I've never seen my dad angry. Um, very mom, different from my family. My mom heard one time, my mom tells us a story about how she, my dad was, um, a businessman. So he businessman, he did international business. He traveled all over the world. He's been to every state. I think he hasn't been, he's been to Alaska, but like my parents traveled all over the country. So my mom's been to every state. Like my dad's been everywhere except for Alaska. Um, he's been to almost every country, every continent, except for like Antarctica. So he was always, he traveled for weeks at a time. So he was always gone, but mm-hmm. he, um, I don't know. It was just like an interesting, he got to live a lot of life and do a lot of different things, but, and he never yelled. Now my mom's Italian. So everything she says is loud. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I, I grew up in a household with love and every day my dad told me he loved me. And every time we end a conversation, he says it. And my mom does too. And my mom never learned how to tell anyone that she loved them until my mom, who was my dad's mom, um, because, I mean, she has three brothers and they just didn't say I love you all the time. But my mom, she always did. Mm. And my dad did. But now let me tell you, my dad is definitely like a, does not, you don't necessarily see emotion coming out of him. But it was just something that he was taught was to say that. Um. So with that, the hard part was when my parents then told us they were getting divorced and my dad was leaving because I never saw my parents fight before. Mm. And still, I've never seen, I mean, my mom's yelled because my mom is loud. I think that's just her talking. But, um, so that was hard. And I was nine and I remember them telling us and I was like, what the hell's going on? And I actually remember them, like my mom or someone, my mom crying. And I was like, oh my God, I bet you my parents are getting divorced. And that night they told us. And I just had something made up in my head. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't know that that's what it was. And my parents came in and told us and talked to us. And a couple months later, my dad moved out. Um, And, but again, so because my mom, my dad is a respectful of women. He, um, He's a good guy. He did not have custody. He did not have like physical custody of us, mm-hmm. I guess you could say. Shared. Shared custody. Yeah. yeah. So my mom had full custody. Yeah. He would say, he's like, I could never take you from your mother. He would never do that. But so, but since he traveled so much and since he lived far, farther away, mm-hmm. I, I think I remember seeing him like once during the week, maybe like Wednesday sometimes, but like it would be Saturdays for a couple hours. Now, we didn't sleep over my dad's house for the first year that he was gone. But then after that, we did. And But we've never really discussed. I mean, maybe more so now. Like, there goes times. Like, we'll discuss it. Mm-hmm. And then we don't talk about it. And then we discuss it. And it's like, I'm emotional about it. And then it's totally fine. But I think that I was really fortunate. My dad had a great job. He We got to stay. My mom is very smart. They worked together to... um. You know, it's not easy when you go through that kind of stuff. Like, and also the same bluebell. I mean, it's not like I lived in a a four bedroom house, and I had like a quarter, like a, I lived on a quarter acre of land, mm-hmm. and my mom was a single mom. So that's not something that people get, right? You know, like I know how fortunate I was. I didn't know that my life was different, and my mom fought really hard for that, mm-hmm. and my dad 
realized that, you know, he had to take care of us. So I know he sacrificed stuff. My mom sacrificed a lot because she had to get a job. Like, my mom loved to work. Don't get me wrong. She wanted to work. But she didn't want to go down to North Philly. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but, and and she didn't want to leave us. Yeah. I mean, we had, my mom volunteered for everything. I had, like a pick, like, a white picket fence. I had that, like, story tale, like, house. Like, that's how I grew up. So, and I didn't. I never thought it was my fault my parents got divorced. I thought it was my parents' fault. So I also had this whole idea where I was like, this is like, a, I was like, okay. That's I ended a good, up being okay. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point of view. But later in life, I realized that I didn't know as much then. And I was very fortunate to not know a lot of stuff. Because mm. um, when you find out more stuff and then being a parent myself, then it got, so it's gotten hard. More so as I've gotten like older, I guess yeah. you could say. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like, parents can... let you go a little bit more and tell you stuff that you didn't know back then. Yeah, and that was hard because I didn't realize. I mean, I, my dad wanted a different lifestyle, mm. and that was like, the, who would want a different? Right. I'm amazing. Yeah, who would ever want a different lifestyle yeah. than to be around me all the time? <laughs> Which was so that you kind of go back and forth. But I have a good relationship with my dad, and I have a stepmom, um, and I have a stepdad. Which is actually funny because my mom married. Um, Dan Pantaleo, who was Sarah and Liz Pantaleo's, who is Sarah and Dan Pantaleo's mm-hmm. dad. Liz is two years older than us. Okay. And Sarah was a year younger. Okay. So I went to high school with them. We went to high school with them in middle school and they met at my sister's junior prom because wow. Shotland and Liz were friends. They went to prom like in the same group. Uh-huh. And my stepdad was there and my mom was there. And so then that's how they met. And it's funny because now they're married and they've been married for like 20 years. Wow. They got married in like 2000. So you had like a mixed Wizzahickon family. family. Yeah. Which was funny. Cause so did you guys all lived, live in together? Well, kind of. So Sarah lived with her mom. Shotland moved out, went to college. Liz went to college a little bit, was home a little bit. I lived with Liz, but not for a while. Well, they didn't get married right away, but they lived in Bluebell. It's like Center Square, mm-hmm. I guess, off of 73. But then they moved to Ambler after Annis meet. An- they lived off of tennis, but like further down tennis, like in the, mm-hmm. not in like the borough of Ambler, but mm-hmm. further down. And then he sold his house, uh, Dan, and then moved in with us Wow, in the Bluebell house. And then when I went to college, my mom, they sold the house. And again, as like an 18, 19 year old, I threw like a fit and like drew all over the walls and like had a temper tantrum and was like, you'll never sell my home. This is where I grew up. I'm going to make it as difficult as possible because my room was like neon purple. And I like drew on the wall and they had the peanut white and you could like, it was, I was such a brat. I feel, I'm sorry. I feel bad for (laughs) And Dan, my sister, I was so rebellious, like. That was my sister was not as much like yeah. I was like I definitely skipped school and like I definitely did a lot of those things in high school. But yeah, <sighs> <laughs> your face looks so dejected right now. Oh, I love that house. <laughs> but yeah. I was so I was at your house one time. Did you come for a party? I it wasn't your party. It's so weird. I was at your house. Was for I there? A, I don't think so. <laughs> I was at your house for a cast party. For I was there. You were there. For Godspell. Yeah. I remember we had that. That was the house I grew up. That's so funny. I was not that type. I was not. No, I know. And I remember so my like anxiety about stuff like that. Like, I definitely think like, oh, my God, 
I'm going to like this. Like, so one of the, the steady themes of this show is about how I didn't party. You know, I didn't go to parties at yeah. all. And so the only time I went to like parties I really had one. I remember was it now. cast parties yeah. for the musicals that I did for the first three years of high school. And your yeah, your house was the first one. Shotland <laughs> threw it. Yeah. And I remember thinking. That was like a regulated party. My mom was there. Yes, right. And it was like a school <laughs> thing. Yeah. And knowing that you were her sister, I'm like. Oh my God, I wonder if Brianna's going to be there. I was like, there somewhere, but I th- honestly, I remember being at the door and people, Maureen, what was her girl, Maureen? What Wagner? Her? Yes. Yeah. She was there. And honestly, she taught me something that day and she probably has no idea that she did, but I still do it to this day. Um, to take makeup off, like eye makeup, she would put like Clinique lotion under her eye and like wipe it off to mm-hmm. wipe off the makeup from the show. And I still do that. She was a big like beautician type of Yeah, she thing. like taught and I don't know if she even knows that, but like that stands out in my head. But I remember that. But I was like, I think I went upstairs to my room and like because <laughs> they were Shotland's friends. I mean, I was friends with all the Shotland's friends, but I was, was like a whole uh it was like not I mean, I was ninth grade. Uh so yeah. that was like nine through twelve. Yeah. Yeah, that was which was like a big deal to have twelfth graders. That in my was house. my favorite year of the musical and you know i remember that party so well and just not like knowing <laughs> what to do and and of course there was and i didn't drink or anything and so that wasn't like a yeah well my it, mom I was not letting us yeah drink. it wasn't that type of party it was yeah. just you know listening I'm to surprised. like music and yeah. dancing oh, I remember. And, and there were people outside like smoking cigarettes On and my i just remember like yeah oh man, they're smoking cigs out there. Like, <laughs> so, you know, it's my only real, not only, you know, I had a couple other cast parties, but like, you know, it was like my, one of my few party atmospheres yeah. at your house. I'm surprised you didn't come back to any other parties that we had, like I wasn't, non-parental parties. So this people is like, like a, invited. I'm I, telling you, people just came. Right. So that's a, but that's, see, so that's a thing. Uh, and someone hit me up and said, it is incredible. After one of the podcast shows, they said, it's incredible that people don't realize that not everyone drank. And there were just some. I definitely drank at those parties. There were some groups that just weren't. I was never involved in any type of social situation for anyone that you knew, for anyone that knew you enough mm-hmm. to just come to your house. I didn't hang out with any of those. I really only hung out but, with like five people. I felt it's so weird though, because thinking back, like I felt like I. I mean, I'm awkward and I have anxiety. Like, I, I know everybody does. I mean, that's honestly like you can't be a human if you don't have nerves. Right. So for people, I always said, I mean, I said hi to everyone in school. I still walk around like town and say hi to everybody just because yeah. I feel like I don't know why. It's just the people look at me like I'm nuts. But um, I so many people that I, I knew, but like wasn't necessarily friends, like not like I would talk to them on the phone or hang out with them after school. People came to my house mm-hmm. um, for those types of parties. And um, I didn't feel as weird then. I think I had like, so I think I had like fear. And this is what you see like in movies. I feel like a little bit when like the non-cool kid goes to someone's house. And like, I imagine record scratch. Do you think that people would have turned you you away if you went into like someone's house? Yeah, I feel like someone like I always felt like my persona my reputation would garner uh what are you doing here who invited you who now i don't know because I, I never went to any of those parties so i don't yeah. know if anyone cared if you're saying that just all these people went but Honestly. that was always i think that was my you know when i think back then of what would my fear be one i didn't know about them so 
you know, I hung out with. Like, I don't even know how people knew about it. Like, I don't remember telling people. This is before social media. People probably like, calling people, right? Yeah. And, I mean, and talking about it in I school. Had, like, I had these parties. Like, that's the thing. And Were they Friday nights, Saturday nights? Yeah. So you probably talk about them in class. Class and say, hey, party. my parents are away. People, right. There's a lot of like my and parents And everyone are away. starts hearing and they say, hey, <laughs> let's, you know. People were like, it was awful. They would take like my silverware outside and like it was my mom found like spatulas in the backyard. Like that was something that I got in trouble for. Someone took like my ice maker out of my freezer. See, I didn't start <laughs> doing anything like that until college. But and then I didn't really drink as much. I mean, I did. I, I smoked pot a lot more than I did. Um, I drank and my sister was straight edge. She oh. did not drink at all until she was 21. Wow. And even in college, like, so not till 21. And she's the one who really told me about like drugs and alcohol and like that kind of stuff. Cause my mom, I don't, she might've talked to us about, it, but I don't know. My parents were hippies. What was that like growing up in like a, like a woman's house? It sounds like it was like a woman, very much a woman's house. Oh my God. What was that? You know, yes. I was growing up by the time I was in high school, I was growing up with my mom. So it was like boy and woman. And I was probably overexposed to a lot of women's, women's issues and yeah. women's things. And, uh, so that was probably a little weird for me, but for you growing up and being the youngest yeah, of the well, three. And- yeah. So I am very, um, cause I was the youngest and my mom, I, I guess you say I was like a princess, like a little, like I got a lot. My sister will always say that, but I think my sister's still the favorite. And I always say that too. Um, but she, um, my mom was a very strong, independent woman and, we are always able to take care of ourselves and we were never had to be quiet with our opinions or our ideas. And now appearances were very important in high school. Yeah. Um, the way you look yeah. and, and the way you look could get you more friends or more people to like you, more people to talk to you and more confidence. Even though we had a good class, people still got bullied and picked on. I never really got bullied. I was very, I was tall. I was really thin and I had blonde hair. I'm a stereotypical girl in high school. I got to tell you, kudos for recognizing that. Yeah. Well, because I grew up with a sister who had red hair. Yeah. Um, she honestly looking, she was, she was very thin. So, but crazy because now I would like have died to have that body. Yeah. But then she, people thought she was fat. And because she had, like, she was well endowed, I guess you could say. She had, she was curvy. She had an hourglass figure. She looked like an Instagram model. She did. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and she was artistic and extremely opinionated and very talented. And because of that, she got bullied. And mm. I... I remember... I, I never talked to the people who bullied her. I mean, if they looked at me, I would tell them what I thought about them. But we never... And she never backed down. And that's something that my mom taught us. So to never let other people make you change who you are. And so I grew up in that, that house, like in that way. And even though my sister got bullied, she, she never like stopped smiling. And she was like, screw Mm. those people. Like I was so fortunate to have such good role models and like my mom and my sister and my sister used to beat the living daylights out of me when I was a kid and black eyes, bloody nose, like, we, I like, I'm not saying she would like pound me, but like, I mean, I, yeah, older sister shit. Oh my God. She drew my face with Sharpie marker and put Vaseline in my hair. Like she beat the crap out of me, but she still loved me and protected me and yeah. all that stuff. But the only person who picked on me in high school is probably my sister. <laughs> like she would throw me into like a locker or something. But I mean, yeah. I was very fortunate 
in that sense. But I also knew that that's why I couldn't be friends with certain people because if they treated someone, they might not have treated me like that, but if they treated someone else like that, there was no way I was going to be a part of it because my sister was, and even though she was strong and she wasn't, she was affected by it. But even though like she was strong, I don't, I didn't, couldn't condone like making fun of people or um, not being friends with someone because they were different. I liked the new kids. I liked the different people. I liked people that were different because I felt like that was my life. Different. Yeah, we were different. It's fine. I never, I don't think I ever saw you like in that, in that light. I don't think I I didn't have the opportunity to, Mm -hmm. but I didn't see you as like, um, and I don't think I saw you as like closed minded either, but Mm -hmm. I didn't see you. So I never got to see you open minded in that way Mm -hmm. because I never, our paths never crossed. Yeah. Really at all. Well, Um, and there's a stereotypical, I mean, again, like I was a stereotypical high school girl. Yeah. I kind of saw you as like one of the cool kids. Um, God, I, but like, (laughs) but but you, but see, you had, see, you had parties. So this is one thing. So this is like something that I think I'm starting to realize is that. That's so funny. You're right though. I did have everyone. One, not everyone, but a lot of people had, you know, insecurities, hangups, mm-hmm. uh, thoughts of, you know, I'm not cool. Yeah. But the outside perspective never. And this is the difference between being grown. Yeah. Like you said, like you can't imagine why wouldn't I go to your party? Because there were tons of people that you didn't invite and didn't hang out with that would come yeah. to your party. Um, but you at the same time didn't feel like you were one of the cool kids, yet mm-hmm. you would have these parties that everyone would go to. Yeah. Um, no one, I don't, what I'm starting to realize, not no one, a lot of people never saw themselves in that way. And um, everyone was dealing with shit. Yeah. And because you're just young and you don't know necessarily how to talk about stuff or even talk to people that you have differences with. Yeah. You don't get to have that experience. Yeah. So I never had that experience to be able to get to know you in high school because I saw who you hung out with. Yeah. And I had in my head a vision of who you were, who your entire crew was, the girls that you hung out with. And I know they don't want to talk to me. But, you know, it's funny, though, because. And that's not that, true. No, it's not true. But it's interesting, though, that's because I, I was had a lot of confidence in high school. I can tell you, I had so much more confidence. I'm like the opposite of like normal people. I had so much confidence in high school. I I mean, the only thing I was not confident, I thought like I was, you know, thin and people did pick on me for that because I did. I, people picked on you because you were thin? Yeah. Really? A little bit. A little bit. I think that's probably the only time. I mean, I was never bullied, really. But like that. And maybe it's because people picked on my sister for being like what she they thought was big at that time, which is ridiculous she wasn't big she just had she had big boobs boobs. huge boobs and let me tell you like huge Huge. and i think for being she was in third grade with like ginormous boobs so growing up like that people boys used to snap her bra strap like i could have that's i think that's a common and you know what i think that's a normal that's not normal now not now but then but like to be first of all well, no guy should ever pick on you for having big boobs. They should just appreciate it. But that if was the thing. That that's like. what you in the eighties and nineties. If you yeah, look at TV shows and movies, like a, and the girl oh. with the big boobs, and yeah, and it was like you know what, like, and and that just wasn't something that everybody had. And because she had an hourglass figure, anyway. But my like, I mean, I'm obviously not the same same I was in high school. But that I got, I don't know if it, I got picked on by her or by other people. But I had anxiety so in high school and it was severe so 
how I deal with my anxiety is I talk more. So I was always outgoing and always bubbly and always mm. like bouncing around and going places. But I did spend a lot of time. The guidance counselors were like my best friends. Um, the school psychologist. I was sat in her office a lot. What's a, stu- what's a school ki- psychologist? Yeah. Well, you got probably certain people probably didn't meet her. So she had an office in their high school in Wissahickon. And she, I can't remember, like, it wasn't, it was on like the second floor. And she had an office and it was like, you walked in and you might think it was like a bare room, but it had carpets and like a table and a couch and a desk. And it was like huge. And I would go in there and like lay on the couch a lot. And I um, spent a lot of time with her. Like I skipped class. I skipped class. I would have to leave. I was, I had a cell phone. So Mm. like I would leave class and like call my mom from the bathroom and like I wouldn't get on your anxiety. Oh my God. Yeah. And I wouldn't like ride a school bus because I didn't like the feeling being trapped on the school bus. So like my mom, she really, sometimes I'd drive from temple to come pick me up. Was this sparked by any, was the anxiety about anything Um, specific or sparked by a specific class or? Well, I had it like since I was like a kid, like five years old, I three years old. I mean, I had anxiety as like a toddler, Um, but it got worse in sixth grade. So as I said, like my parents were divorced. My dad went to, we thought he was in Florida. I guess he was like in St. Martin and there was a hurricane. Mm. And it was sixth grade. So I don't even know. It was the 90s, right? 95. Yeah. So it was a huge one. It was category five. And my dad was there. And my stepmom was there. And we, my dad had to evacuate where he was. They couldn't get him out of the island. And he stayed in a house. So we got like emergency phone calls, like Red Cross, like breakthrough. My mom was like on the phone. And like my uncle, my dad was able to get a call to my uncle. He called my mom. And they had, like the Red Cross had to go and people, a lot of people died. So it was a pretty severe thing. And that really sparked something for me in middle school. Hmm. Um, and I was like afraid to go to school. But I mean, I had to go eventually. So I would go and then spend a lot of time with like the guidance counselors and stuff. I don't think it was obvious that I wasn't in class. So I don't think, and the teachers were pretty aware. But again, anxiety was not something, to the level that I had it at that time was not something that people were aware of or accepting of. So my mother had to do a lot of work and it was, I mean, doctors and she got me to do all this stuff and she was, you know, facing a battle where people were like, Oh, they're just nervous. I get over it. Mm -hmm. And she fought and fought really hard to, you know, get it figured out. And she still does. She still deals with it with me. And she's, I mean, I'm very lucky that she like, didn't just blow me off, Mm -hmm. you know, like, knew what get your shit together yeah she wasn't like like get over it go to school get over it like if i wouldn't eat in the morning she was like we you gotta you can't go to school until i can get you to eat and eating was a big thing so in high school was less maybe a nutrigrain bar i would like legit eat like a vitamin and be like i ate (laughs) so i didn't eat a lot in high school not because i ever thought i was overweight but like it was because i had like a fear if i eat then my I'll be anxious. My yeah, I, when I have like sick. big things happening still to this day, when I have like anxiety or I have a big decision or I know I have to talk about something a couple hours later and, and like people are, I can't eat like breakfast or lunch. Mm-hmm. I just say, nah, I'd rather just get it all done first and then eat yeah. later celebratory or, or uh right. face shoving for depression. <laughs> yes. No. And that's how I am. And it's like, I, uh, I obviously don't have a hard time eating as much now um, or drinking. Um, but I did then. So yeah. that was like a hard thing. And I remember I was like 85 pounds, like in high school. So, I mean, that's small when I'm five, seven, you know? So sure. I really suffered from a lot of stuff, but 
got better. I mean, I'm much better now. There's different things to do. You know, I'm older and that's good. But, you know, so that was something I dealt with a lot in high school. Um, But there was a school psychologist and she was awesome. I can't remember her name, though. That's not funny, but that's interesting because, you know, when I think about I can have I have memories of kids going to like the psychologist or the nurse or the guidance counselor. Oh, I hung out like, in the nurse's office. I used to eat lunch there. Yeah, like leaving. Like I have memories, and you're not one of those people that I. Well, because you know, have memories of of that happening, or even really like having like a hard, you know, having any type of like issues or yeah. So that's interesting that you were dealing with that stuff in high school and. Well, it's funny because it wasn't because like. Like I said, I had so much. Com- I like it wasn't because I I thought there was anything wrong with my me. Yeah. So it's because I had a lot of. Com- I like had friends. I felt confident. I felt good about like the way I looked. I guess my appearance. Yeah. But it was just that's funny. It's so funny. That's really because funny. that's totally not how it is. Like so many people feel so like. I mean, I, sometimes I wish I had like was a little bit bigger. Like I had some like more weight on me and yeah. stuff. But like I never felt like bad about how I looked. I was like I always thought I looked great. That's so funny. It's so opposite now. It's so funny how like in the society, but I and I didn't not eat because I thought I was fat. I didn't eat because I was nervous. And um so it's like so weird, you know, and I thought food was gonna hurt me. Like, what if I eat this food? Is it expired? Is it like cooked all the way? I still am like that. Like every time if you see me eat, like I cut my food, I look at it, and then I put it in my mouth because I have to make sure I check every. It's like OCD. Yeah, I was gonna say it sounds like a little OCD ish. But like um, worrying, and, worrying about unrealistic fears. Yeah, it's unreal. It's irrational, and I yeah. know I'm irrational. But I also know that I masked my anxiety with being really bubbly and happy and a excited. lot of people that deal and, with mental issues like that yeah and know. so that's what like no one ever would have known probably i mean people didn't know i had anxiety or all these things because i was always like a beat yeah we hear about all these public figures that deal with depression and yeah and like you know there's the guy from from snl uh pete uh guy dated ariana grande last year oh yes engaged to like he's always talking about just he's got like issues and he's bipolar, I think. Yeah, I mean bipolar. I'm, I'm yeah, he's bipolar. But but being bipolar is something that I mean that's manic. That, that depression. But you hear about I, just these these tough. comedian Robin Williams, the guy from the Travel Channel that just that that committed suicide. Bourdain. Anthony yeah, Bourdain. Anthony Bourdain. Uh, you just hear about these outrageous personalities that everyone else is extremely entertained by. Mm-hmm. And then you realize that in reality, they had shit that they were dealing with. Not well, saying that you're dealing with depression or that you're. No, but I mean, I way, have I have dealt with depression and I yeah, have you're and dealing I, with shit. And, you know, with with high highs come really low lows. And and. I have to say, like, I, again, like, Chrissy, Susie, and Elisa have been huge, like, support system. Because, I mean, I've gone through a hard time. Like, we all have. Mm -hmm. You know, I have three kids. I don't live with their father anymore. We were married for 10 years. Like, I met him in college. I had a kid nine months after I graduated. Well, I got pregnant nine months after college. So, I mean, like, yeah, it was tough. I wasn't married when I got pregnant. Um, I got married afterwards and that kind of stuff. And then going through a separation and that stuff sucks mm-hmm. because like you just feel you, there's no control in it. And and having those girlfriends, like I am so lucky. And my mom and my sister and my dad was helpful. Like and my stepmom, like my stepdad. God, I'm so lucky. Like and I talk so much. 
So people always know when I'm upset because well, I'll be like, I feel, I feel really sad and depressed right now. Well, why? Well, because this and this happened and they're like, okay, well, what are you going to do about it? Well, I'm going to lay in my bed all day and cry about it. And they're like, no, we're going to get up. And I'm like, mm, no, I'm going to lay in bed. So one time I decided that and Chrissy came and laid in bed. She's like, well, I'm coming then. Well, so Chrissy, you know what I mean? Yeah. So like, but I'm like, no, I'm not going to get up and go out. I'm going to lay in bed and so call day. But so I tell them, you know, I'm just very honest about my sadness. I'm the same way. Like, you know, I, I try to be honest about stuff. I think years ago there was such a stigma. You hit it, About mental health and and anxiety and depression and just dealing with stuff. And I keep saying on all these podcasts, I keep saying that if I feel a certain way, the thing that helps me is realizing that it's not irregular and someone else probably has a very similar feeling. Someone else is thinking it. And, and the more I do these podcasts, the more I I kind of see that or. Uh, as these podcasts come out and I say that on the podcast, people are like, dude, I feel the same exact way. It's exactly how but, I used to feel. But it's crazy because we live in a world with social media where everyone and everything is okay. And I know a lot of times people come out there and they say, my life is awful. It's hard. And then it's so hard sometimes to identify with that stuff. And people don't, it, it, you have to say either like my thing now is like social media is like if people like they can they can love someone or they can feel really great and you want to shout it from the rooftops but when things are bad they don't want to start saying that stuff because the negativity is really hard to push on other people mm-hmm. no one wants and and other Nobody, people are dealing with their own and they people just are dealing don't with their put own it issues, on there and, and they don't so it's like oh god so I don't it's like be either depressed. yeah either be like real quiet so i like talk about my kids on social media and like weddings, friends, fun stuff like that. Yeah. But like I try not to say the sad things, but I also want people to know that life, I, like my son, my youngest, my son, he's eight. He's chronically ill. Mm-hmm. He's an amazing kid. He's happy. He's seemingly, he's like, he's, he's like olive complected. So he always he never looks sick, but he has, uh, I mean, and it's, it's, it's as simple as he has severe asthma and allergies. Mm. Um, He is, it's severe. He has been sick since he was like six months old and we've been to countless doctors and hospitals and done so many different things to try and get him to be managed. And you know, today he is tomorrow. He might not be, Mm -hmm. but, and he goes to school and I worked hard. She's had more shots than I could even, he's so many allergy shots, so many immunizations, so many things that he's done. And that adds to my anxiety. But like now I try not, like I, I, people know that he's sick, you know, mm-hmm. and know that he has like immune deficiency, like issues and stuff. But like right now, I was thinking the other day, it's like RSV season and flu season mm-hmm. and people who talk about like vaccinations. Um, His father doesn't have a spleen. So his father's name is Adam. I call my, my son's name's Adam. I call him Ace, but he doesn't have a spleen. So if he gets sick, he doesn't house white blood cells. So a hundred degree mm. fever for us is 104 105 for both of them mm-hmm. severe illnesses right so when the whole vaccine things and rsv season and people like flu shots who people don't want to get the flu shots i'm like do you understand like someone not getting a flu shot will could kill my son mm. so that and his father right. so that to me is like but i try not to get too much on social media because i honestly could write like 45 pages like yeah. of how i feel about it right but it's my sob story i mean like is my story gonna change anyone else's opinion 
So it's hard sometimes to like, it might, and they might understand, but it's like, and like the whole vaping thing now, like if mm-hmm. I see someone vaping now, I have like the biggest problem. You hate vaping. Um, It's like, cause you're putting oil into your lungs. It's like, it's awful. And, and I just asked them, have you ever seen someone who hasn't been able to breathe? Everyone says, yes. I'm like, well, has it ever been your child? Mm-hmm. And so I've seen him where he hasn't been able to breathe. Mm-hmm. And this summer, the bottom parts of his lungs closed. He couldn't. He wasn't wheezing because he couldn't pass air through his lungs. He was on more medications than, like, I have charts in my house. Like, it's crazy, the stuff that every four hours he was on medication in the middle of the night. Mm. All the stuff. He had to stop swimming. He had to stop doing all the stuff. And all I want is, like, so it's hard because I don't necessarily know how to say, like, that on social media. You know? So, like, but I want to celebrate him on his birthday because I can say, this is my favorite guy. Happy birthday. You turned eight. Like, how do you say... If you don't get your flu shot, my son might die. So don't come over to my house. I mean, <laughs> there's ways uh, you could blog. Yeah. And that's like stuff that I've thought about because I'm like, you know. For the cause. Yeah. You know, and, and you'll get a you'll get a much smaller probably base of people, but you'll get people that actually care about reading about it. And you'll mm-hmm. probably hear a little bit from people who have similar situations. I don't yeah. know. That's a tough thing. And that's um, the hard part. It's like hard to. So I understand why people say all these positive things because it's so it's so much easier to say positive things than it is to. And when stuff's negative, it's hard to find the right places in your mind to make the right words mm-hmm. to get the point across to the masses. I I have issues. I, I go through stuff like that a lot. Like when the hurricane happened in Puerto Rico, uh, yeah. I went through almost like a fucking depression. I just couldn't believe that like Puerto Rico was being decimated and we just, I didn't have the power to do anything and no one was doing anything. And I was like, just losing my mind. And I found myself just like reading about it and, and wanting to post about it all the time. And it was just like, I didn't want to depress people and I didn't want people to start blocking me, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, you know, you just, so in the end, I, I, I ended up signing up to go out there uh, for like humanitarian effort. They never called me, but like in that moment when I just felt like so sad about it and so yeah. helpless, I don't know. I that helped me a little bit, but there's you know, I find there's tactical ways to help yourself through it, even if yeah. it doesn't solve the problem. Right. Uh, for you in that moment when you feel like you want to express it in some way, there are mm-hmm. sometimes things that you can do. And yeah, way, you know. it's just hard sometimes trying to find the right words and the right thing. And, you know, and then that I have two other kids, you know, too, that are very, they're seemingly normal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. One's a tween. You know, she's going to be 12. Yeah. And the other one's Looks nine, just like so you, by the way. She, isn't it crazy? Yeah. She's, and do you know what? She is like 5'2". Wow. And her, she wears like a size 8 shoe. It is like you, then. Yeah. It's, she's, I don't know your shoe sizes, but you were tall. But that, and, yeah, but yeah. like it's crazy because their dad's 5'7". So it's not like Adam's that tall. Yeah. And now I'm going to have, but it's so funny because the. A, she's 11 year old she's like a foot taller than the other two wow and they're two years apart it's just so funny um but yeah no ava yeah she's tall and she looks like me which is so weird to look mm-hmm. back and like see that yeah but then you know i want to give them the attention that they need to it's hard you know you have three kids it's hard to figure out i mean it's like hard to know what to do with all of them yeah to make sure they all get the right time. amount of time yeah to grow well, and to let them make decisions. Like I, I'm fortunate. I don't yell in my house either. I did used to yell a lot, but we squashed that. So I haven't yelled in like years. But the, you know, it's like I try and I'm like, well, all right, 
you know, Ava right now, she, my, all my kids have curly hair, which I mean, my hair's wavy mm-hmm. sometimes, but like, it's not like, but Ava right now just wants to brush out her curls. So I'm like, all right, if you want to have like a big puff, it's fine. It's very hard for me, but I'm letting you do your own thing. And if you want to wear oversized sweatshirts and stuff that doesn't fit you, okay. <laughs> like, you know, it's like yeah. interesting because it's like you just have to let them do their own thing, but try and give them their own space. You said uh, looks were very important. Appearances were important in high school. What was that like Like for you as a girl? I'm very, I'm always very interested in like girl perspectives. I was a horrible dresser in, in high school and like just being presentable. Like, you know. I didn't have a clue as to what I was doing, but you always kind of had your shit together. Well, it's interesting because um, if you saw, I have to show you a picture of me when I was like in elementary school. I have a picture. So I had like a bowl cut because I went to Hawaii and my mom cut my hair because she wanted me to get sand in our hair. Um, And I have a picture of me going to school wearing like a tie dye MC hammer pants and like penny loafers. I have my sister has posted pictures on social media of me like this, but um, so I mean that wasn't my best moment. But my mom pretty much let us do what we wanted. My father is very um, stylish. He's um, very put together. Hmm. He's very professional. He like his lounge clothes is like Lululemon, and I don't even know what that means. Oh my god, he his <laughs> his sweatpants. I can't even call them sweatpants. His lounge clothes are like a hundred dollars for a pair of pants. Oh, like Jesus. not saying that like, that's just an example. as like the brand. Mm-hmm. So my father, like, I, and again, he went to temple and he loves the Eagles and, and the, my dad's a huge Philadelphia sports fan. So some stuff he does wear, but like, and I have temple shirts. Like I have a temple shirt from like 19, like 70 because for my dad that he's, given that's to awesome. me. yeah. But like he's pop, his collars always up. He always had a golf shirt on. My dad wore suits every day. Mm. So my dad for Christmas and my stepmom for like holidays and stuff would take us shopping. So I was, my dad, I always wore like dress pants. Like I was always dressed up. Mm. And my dad lived in London for a time period for like a year when I was in seventh grade. So I flew out there when I was seventh grade. My sister, we flew out alone. And he took a shopping and like I had a leather jacket and I was just, I felt so cool. And I had Doc Martens, which was, I thought was so cool, but it's because my, my dad is the best shopper. He's good for a bargain too. He can find stuff at like TJ Maxx or Marshall's. And so we were always put together and whenever I would wear, I remember I had like neon yellow pants and he was like, the hell happened to you? Hmm. What? What? I can hear your pants all the way down here. <laughs> like, why are your pants so loud? This color. So my dad was really into that. I would say like fashion, I guess, and appearance, like that kind of appearance. So yeah. it seemed like I always had my stuff together. Was it like a, I don't know, it was it a competition in high school or you I, always hear just like about how some people nowadays, I think, say like when you hear when you talk about um, uh, like Catholic schools or private mm-hmm. schools, they wish they had uniforms back I, then. And, yeah, I never felt that. I liked I was I had a unique style, I feel but I, I liked like plaid pants. I, like I, I had pants that were like plaid pants. Like I, I, my sister's always stood out. She had red hair. She was loud. Her name's Shotland. My name's Brianna. It was a unique name at that time. And so I liked to stand out too. So I, I liked to stand out. And so I would wear different clothes. Again, like I grew up in, in 
like we had money growing up. So yeah. I didn't, I shopped at Gap and like BB and like all those like high end stores. Yeah. Oh my God. Like my prom dresses were expensive and my mom worked her butt off. And so did my dad to make it seem like we, you know, like we never went without. That's what mm-hmm. I've always said. I've never went without. And, and I've, but I still had to work, you know, like my parents still made me work at 15. I had to buy my own, my sister had to buy a car from my dad. I had to buy the car from my sister. So like we had to pay mm. for stuff, but I never went without things like your basics. Yeah. Yeah. Like I had that and food and always had everything that we could possibly need. So, um, and my parents worked hard for it and, and we knew they did. So, and, um, so I never felt like there was a competition because i always felt again i was confident yeah and you had the top stuff that you wanted yeah yeah. and like my prom dresses i had to get like specialty i went um nicole miller was like a designer in chestnut hill she's a designer i guess and i went to her store in like chestnut hill and i had to have like a dress like specially like made i felt like so cool i was like we went there my mom like and it's so funny because again i was not like a rich kid i had a single mom but she worked her butt off and because I was really thin and she didn't want me to look like I was wearing a paper bag, you know, like she like worked hard to make sure that I like had whatever I wanted. And I had a long torso. So I had to wear like a two piece (laughs) (laughs) of my dress and everything. Like if you look back at my pictures from all my dances, they're like two pieces. I could have a long torso. Yeah. Long torso. And I was five, seven. So apparently that was tall, like an awkward and lanky. Okay. And some of the stuff I don't even know why my mom let me wear. Like one was like a semi-formal. It was like a triangle. It had like no back. It was just okay. tied. And that one I actually I went with um Evan Wallace. Yeah. I went with him to Well he and he was like six five, so that worked. Yeah. Well, he was definitely taller than me. Yeah. Um but I went I remember and I have a picture of us together at that dance. Did you uh did you date like in high school? No. No? No. I think my only boyfriend was like Jeff Pan. Japan. Who ended up being like my best friend? Wow. I'm not. I haven't talked to him in since like high college, wow. like early college. He came. You know, he he went a different path. Like you know, and and he and I had I guess butted heads a little bit at that point. But um, I think he was like my only boyfriend. But I don't even know if we ever kissed or anything. That's kind of like a free spirit yeah. throughout that kind of stuff. People, I, yeah, no, people didn't ask me out either. Really? Yeah, no. I think I had a boyfriend in like sixth grade. I'm so telling my daughter that now. Your friends all kind of like had. Yes. Chrissy and Susie were perpetual yeah. daters. Yeah. And well, I wouldn't say big daters. They were relationship people. Yes. Um, And I remember their boyfriends. Like I know Chrissy dated Justin. Was it Chrissy dated Justin Hammond? They both did. Did you ever hear that story? Did I they tell did. you? <laughs> the old switcheroo. Yeah. Did she tell you? <laughs> Do you have a better version? I just heard. The I was base- there. I heard the basics that just that it happened, but I, I was there. It. Oh, okay. Go I ahead. was standing there in the I, room. Oh, there was. I didn't know it was like a thing. Oh, we were at uh, Kyle Spies's house. Oh. So Susie was dating Kyle Spies, mm-hmm. and Chrissy was dating Justin Hammond. And really, if you look at it at that time, it really did make more sense just knowing the twins because they're not, they were nothing alike one another. But Justin should have dated Susie and Kyle should have dated Chrissy. It just, their personalities and oh their God. just I can't believe you just said that. It, just, it made sense if you look at the twins. Yeah. I mean, so the funny, we were sitting there and then it's like they had this conversation, the boys had this conversation and then they, 
decided this is what they were going to do. And they like came out and told us. And now, mind you, these two, these four people are in a relationship and I'm the fifth person. There. Yeah. Yeah. It's and I'm standing there like a commentator. And I was like looking back and forth and I was like, wait, you're saying this about this part. Wait, you want to do what this? And I'm like, wait, 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 hold up. Let, what's happening here? And, and it was like, when they said it, it was like they had the best idea ever. It was like the guy, like, this is the best idea ever. It, it sounds like a great idea. Let's know, just switch so. off. Let's just switch the twins. Just like, you know. That never works on TV. <laughs> so that so that's how they did. They just talked about it and they switched. Yeah. Okay, so for the people I think that, it worked for a little bit. I can't remember. The f- funniest thing about all that is that both of them married high school sweethearts, not the mullets. Oh, I was like, Christian Susie did it. No. <laughs> <laughs> the guys both married high school sweethearts. How funny is that? That's so they just had funny. to get over it. Yes. Which is, I think that that's pretty awesome too. But this was like a ninth grade. Yeah. It was early on before they dated these other girls. But, and, and can I tell you the funniest part is that I had the biggest crush on Kyle Spies. Really? In like third grade, fourth grade. I remember. Cause we went and I was like, I thought he was so cute. Did that carry on? No, I mean not like as I got older because my friends school? dated him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of like who I liked I, in high school. I, you know, I um, so um, someone was here. I'm trying not to say names anymore. Yeah, don't say I don't names. Blow it for any, I don't want to blow it for anyone as a surprise of who the guests will be. I like the surprise. But someone was here, um, and they were going through the old Shady Grove yearbook. I have a heart, yeah, uh, over some different girls, and I go, really, her, like. <laughs> No disrespect. I just don't remember carrying that person into like, you know, middle school, high yeah. school. And I'm like, really? I was sweating her in, in fifth grade or fourth grade. Like, <laughs> oh, I remember who I had a crush. Now I remember I, Johnny Manzer. I had a crush on too when I was little in first grade. Did you? <laughs> I had crushes early on in life, by well, the way. Well, you said no one asked you out in high school. Did you no. have crushes in high school? Yes. Um, Pete Whitaker's older brother, Grant. No, Grant. Oh, I don't know him. He was the middle one. I had oh, a huge I didn't crush know there was a middle one. Yeah. So JC. The Whitakers are good looking guys. They are. And JC scared good the crap. stock. Yes. JC scared me. And let me tell you, I guess he was, I, he was Jesus Christ. He I was. was. The, Do you remember we me? The cast party was at your house. Was, he was Jesus Christ and God. He was. And we were like, JC, and he's Jesus he Christ. So and we thought cool. it was so cool. He but was such a cool guy. They put me up on stage for that. Did you? So. You know how they pulled people up on stage for that and Godspell? God yeah, they pulled some people up on stage. Was it Godspell? I don't know. It has to have been. It was one of the plays. Okay. My sister pulled me up on stage and I was like, oh, God, I'm standing near JC Whitaker. I like didn't know what to do. Oh, yeah. But he, because he got, it was a year older than my sister. Okay. So he was like three years older, but I had a huge crush on Grant. I remember that. I don't think he even knew who I was, but he did write my yearbook. Oh. Uh, so after high school, mm-hmm. You went on to college. You went to Bloomsburg. Yeah, right? I went to Bloomsburg. Yeah. Um, what did you want to do when you did you know what you wanted to do through high school? No. Did you have any clue? Did you no? Why Bloomsburg? I never had something that I was good at. I didn't play a lot of sports later in high school. I wasn't like a great student, um, and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And fortunately, Dan, my stepdad, um, he is um has a phd in chemistry but he was a teacher so he um has been a dean vice president of universities he worked for sap at that time but 
he always told me like, no matter where you want to go, you're going to go to school and you will find something that you like. And my parents, all of my parents were very for me to go to school. I ended up going to Bloomsburg. He was a Dean at Bloomsburg mm-hmm. back in the seventies and the vice president of the school. So it kind of helped because he was like, this might be something that you would want to do. I went to school and then in my sophomore year, I, after my sophomore year, I got like a notice saying you have to pick a major. Cause I didn't pick one. And if you don't pick a major, you can't come back. So I was like, well, so I picked humanities. This is my major, which my stepdad incidentally created that major in the school in like 1975. And here in the 2000s, that's where I am. Yeah. So in college, I, uh, I was a summer freshman. I went up the summer. I went like two weeks after high school graduation. I went to college Mm -hmm. and like early admission. Like, yeah, well, it's because I wasn't a good student. So in order for me to get in six week summer course type of thing. Okay, or something. I feel like it was the whole summer. I, came I know in like August. Penn State, well, six weeks. Yeah. I went with Chrissy weeks. Benedict and I think Tom Scuderi was there then. I went to school with so many people from Wisconsin. Shout out to Tom. Tom's one of the, when I see that Illinois is looking at, is listening to the podcast. I know it's Tom. Tom yeah. yeah so and then thanks, like Tom. Joe Brown. Did he go to work? Joey Brown. Yeah. yeah. And Tom Scuderi's older brother, Joe, he mm-hmm. went to school there too. So that was kind of cool though. Cause you know, we knew people. We felt so cool. Yeah. He was older. Um, but um, when I went up there in the summer, I was there in the summer. I came home in the fall. I went to Monaco in the fall. Yeah. Um, I got into a car accident that October because it was October. That's and that's what, what I do. do. That's what you do. And the then um, went back up in the spring. So I lived up and I went there and then I was there and I had like an apartment. And then after and I pledged a sorority. I was in a sorority up there. I was the vice president of the sorority. I was always involved in that. My sorority was like very open minded. But in college, so I decided I picked a humanities major, so I was that. And I took every possible class you could take except for math. I took one, like, statistics class. Mm. Mm, That was it. (laughs) And then, um, but I took backpacking and orienteering. Um, I had to, that one was hard. My final project was I had to take a compass, a topographical map, a 60-pound backpack, and go out into the woods at a park called World's End. And we went up with a compass. And 13 miles, two days later, we came back. Wow. And yeah, I drank water out of a river with iodine tablets. I thought I was going to die. I was the <laughs> only girl. This is like naked and afraid. Oh, my God, it was. And I slept underneath a tarp. It was snowing because it was April in Bloomsburg. It snowed. I slept underneath a tarp mm-hmm. with my boots on. And my boots were like red and had fur on them with snowflake prints on the of bottom. Course. Because... I was, I went to Walmart right before we left to buy stuff. And these guys had made a fire, a campfire and like made fire with sticks. And I like had a cup of noodles that I was eating without like water in it because I was just eating like mm. raw noodles because I was and cracker and I had peanut butter crackers. We had to hang a bear bag. There were bears. It was awful. So then that I took I took running class, jogging. You I really took, didn't know what you were. No, you I took golf. I did, I did great in the golf class. Yeah, you were a golfer already. I did. Yeah, I was great. Yeah. And I only reason I didn't play golf in high school is because I hated that teacher. Middle school. What was his? Our middle school teacher. Schweighauser. I, I thought he was the biggest pervert I've ever met in my life. And maybe that's inappropriate to say out loud. No, I, I think at this point, a lot of people have brought him up. A few people have brought him up. And okay. I feel like. Uh, and we, He probably listen, was a really nice guy. Uh, listen, he's I got. Don't know. Uh, he's got. Um, I don't really know how to handle this on the podcast. There's a few. <laughs> there are a few teachers. Sabia, Goldberg, oh. Milio. Okay. Um, first of all, let me just tell you, Mr. Milio, I did. I, I loved him. I yeah. had a crush on him. 
And now knowing what he's done and what's happened. Ironic. It is very, it is. And I, it, it blows my mind. And Mr. Sabia. Wait, Mr. Sabia? Which yeah. one? The one that people did like Michael. No one liked Warren. Because I liked he Warren. Was, he, he was, was he, our. He was algebra. He he was great. I remember one time I, I was, liked him because you know he got me good at math. Wait, but wait, wait, wait. Who was the Michael older school teacher? Do what? Who was so the twins? Yeah, one they was were, ninth, they were the twins. Yeah, but they both taught ninth grade. Uh, Sabia probably taught tenth. Uh, Mike probably taught tenth. So Warren was great. One day I was so sick in his class, I had a stuffy nose, and you know he made us take those time tests with a like hundred problems mm-hmm. on them. I was like, I had I was so congested. He came over and brought me a whole box of tissues, and then I thought he was the best guy in the world. But he was good at me because I was the I one who wore the blue algebra. leisure suit. Um, I remember our color day. Oh, that was probably Michael. Warren. Mike Maybe it was Warren. I don't. I Michael? can't remember. Michael had like a little bit of a bigger face, a little bit of a fatter face. But the reason why I'm fuck, asking so much is because he tutored my sister. Oh, my husband Michael. Yeah. Um, he came to my house a lot. Wow. And sat at my kitchen table. So if this is something, I mean, not like my sister's never mentioned I'm, it before. I am 98% sure it was Michael because I remember no, thinking that everyone, a lot of people did He's the older one, like, that's why, because my sister was well, horrible twins. in math. Yes. Yeah, so the younger one I remember was Warren. You mean like by minutes? They're twins. Younger grade. Younger grade. <laughs> Ninth grade and 10th grade. <laughs> Warren was the younger grade. That's what I meant. Sorry. That's the one that she had? No, I think Michael came Michael. and tutored her. So, yeah, I believe that Michael was the one because I thought how weird was that he was my homeroom teacher in ninth grade. And uh, <sighs> Michael was. But I had Warren for my. Okay, so Warren was my home because I was McQuaid. Yeah. So I remember Brad Goldrick was in my class. Mm-hmm. Oh, the mix. The other Brad. Um, The other Brad. <laughs> Chris McQuaid. Are you related to Chris McQuaid in any way? Will no. you clear this up? Never once. No, Is Melissa not. McQuaid... His cousin. They are cousins. So Melissa McQuaid and Chris McQuaid are cousins. And Mrs. McQuaid? Was um, Chris's mom. Well, I, I don't know. Who's the substitute? Was that yeah. Chris's mom? Yep. yep, Mrs. McQuaid. Wait, can I tell you the funny part? Is yeah. that when I was in elementary school, she was my substitute teacher one time. And I did not understand how she had the same name as me because it did not make sense. Yeah, yeah that's not And I went home and told my mom. And my mom's like, she's not me. And I was like, okay. And she told me something. Anyway, so I remember going outside to recess, and I didn't even know Chris McQuaid then because he went to Shady Grove, I think, or he yeah, Bluebell, or I don't know, yeah. somewhere else. And I didn't know who he was yet. And I went up to her and I said, My mom told me you're not the real Mrs. McQuaid. <laughs> and I think I was like, Please stand up. To, <laughs> yes, right. I think I was like in second grade, and she was like, What? And I was like, uh, Never mind. <laughs> you ain't her. Everyone liked Mrs. McQuaid. She was uh, so nice. Yeah, everyone liked her as a substitute teacher. She was a, a favorite, mm-hmm. uh, I think, of the schools. Yeah. Yeah. I remember her in elementary school. We mm-hmm. had her. Um, That's funny because I was in Shady Grove. So she's, I used to get her in, in my school. So school. she was in the school district. Yeah. So it's yeah. A, we all have a common bond. Yeah. In college, my so I was in a sorority. I lived in Bloomsburg. Um, I was there for five years, so I didn't. I graduated in two thousand six. Yeah, me too. And my senior, se- second senior year, um, my stepdad was also like really good with um, job, like he, counseling. Like I should say, like he. So he was always really helpful with that. And he was like, "You're good with people. You should." That's something I think that you should get into, like hospitality, right? So, but Bloomsburg at that time didn't have a hospitality major. So East Stroudsburg did could sound like other places did, but I was at Bloomsburg. So he knew people in like school of communications. Now B 
being a humanities major, I was in the school of philosophy. So I did take a lot of like critical thinking and philosophy mm. classes and I like logic. Like oh, it was great. I think that kind of stuff prepared me for the real world more than you could ever imagine because having logic and critical thinking skills and different literature classes have prepared me to be able to understand patients, understand people, um, be more open-minded to be understanding. And that was extremely important. And it is extremely important now to, to live in this world. I can tell you people who do not have that training. And I say to my mom, I'm like, listen, if I work with like, not even people I work with, but like people in general, if they don't have that, if they're missing that trait, it's a serious disadvantage. Mm -hmm. So if college gave me anything, it certainly gave me that. Um, so, but he was like, well, why don't you try and make like an, he like helped me develop an internship. Cause I only need like oh, six cool. credits left my like second semester, second senior year. So I went to the school of communications, developed a, an internship. I worked at a little country inn for six weeks, every day, like every single day, Saturday, Sunday, every day. And, um, I learned how to do innkeeping, bookkeeping, bartending, waitressing, everything, housekeeping. I learned how to clean every single room. I learned how to do everything. At Bloomsburg. At Bloomsburg. And it was one I, he told me to try it. I went to the um, head of the communications department, who was someone who he knew. I pitched the idea to him. He thought it was a good idea. He said he would take me on because it wouldn't be in my, with my actual advisor. And then I went to the, it was called the Inn at Turkey Hill. The guy's name was Andrew. And I went to him. I asked him if I could do it. And he said, yeah, because he didn't have to pay me. Yeah. And so I did it. But it was great because I also babysat his kids, which I was totally fine with. He was going through a divorce at the time. I love his ex-wife, him. They were just, it was just a wonderful place. And it worked with great people. It was extreme fine dining. It was very fine dining. Mm. And it was Bloomsburg. So that's not common. Mm. Um People having teeth wasn't common. Mm -hmm. And so at that time, well, it's the only town in Pennsylvania, if you didn't know that. What do you mean? What is the only town in Pennsylvania? Bloomsburg is the only town in Pennsylvania. What do you mean? Why are you putting a period at the end of that? Because it's the only town in Pennsylvania. What do you mean? I I mean, I'm like, (laughs) what do you mean only town? So it's technically the only. Like registered town? Yes. Places like, like governed. classification of a town? Governed as like a town. What, what is everything else? A borough or a, a city, city a or a borough, municipality? A valley. A township. Really? Borough. Yeah. So like Ambler is a borough. It's a borough. Uh, Bluebell is a what? It's not a town. I don't know. What about Whitpane Township? Whitpane Township. It's a township is different than a town. Yes. Like my You're mom. You're blowing my mind right now. <laughs> so a county, like nothing else is. Right. Counties are bigger. Montgomery County, Bucks right. County. So like my mom lived in, so say like, it's all based off like your post office, I guess too. Yeah. So, but I don't know what Bluebell was. It used to be called Pigeon Town in case I yes. didn't know that. Yep. So Pigeon Town, we had a sign and it was Bluebell. But um, no, I don't actually know. But if you drive into Bloomsburg, it says it's the only town in Pennsylvania on a huge sign as you drive into it. But it is. I want to challenge them on that. I want to look into this. Oh, Google. We're gonna. We're gonna. I've googled it, it many times and shown yeah. people. All my fellow Bloomsburg Ians. Well, not now. But I'm gonna. I'm gonna build a case. That sounds good. I'm gonna build a case and I'm gonna present. I was registered it. to vote in Bloomsburg too. Ooh. I voted for John Kerry. Oh. I actually went to his rally too at King's College in Williamsport when King's I was in college. King's College. 
Out in Scranton, PA, Wilkes-Barre. Scranton. Yeah. Scrantastic. I uh, I had a huge crush on a girl whose boyfriend went to King's College. <laughs> which is why I know it, because he played basketball there, and then they broke up. And I was still so inept. I was, uh, I was, it was my freshman year. I was still so inept. I was just like, oh, well, what are you going to do now? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, you guys broke up because that means you're single. Oh. Oh. Uh, you got this project due. Uh. Do you want to be my partner? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's Bloomsbury. So I did that and then I left. But I left in April. You left Bloomsburg. So I did six weeks. I did this program. I made this program. I made. You graduated. I, I la- yeah. So it was okay. my second senior year. Okay. So after that, I finished it. I only needed six credits. This is 06. 06. Okay. So I came home. I went home and I moved. My parents had moved then from Bluebell to Phoenixville, which oddly enough, they technically lived in Phoenixville. It was actually Schuylkill Township. Okay. See the townships and the boroughs. Yeah. And the yeah, cities. yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, see how everything's right. different. We don't know it. Um, but I stayed there for t- a week. And then moved in with Cassie oh. King and Ryan King in Ambler. Mm-hmm. And I then, that was like April. I got a job at the Marriott at the end of April. Went back up to Bloomsburg the first week of May and graduated from college. Mm. And then came back. So it, I was like 22. I turned yeah. 22 May 4th. My birthday was then. So And then I graduated that weekend. So it was my second senior year. And I had a boyfriend who then ended up being my husband. Yeah. At that how, time. I was going to ask how long after graduation in 06 before you got pregnant. November 11th, he and I decided to move in together. Mm. So we got an apartment in English Village. And the date, I say, because three months later I was pregnant. So I always tell my kids. Well, I'm telling them now they're never allowed to move in with anybody <laughs> because I moved in and three months later I was pregnant. Yeah. I had my daughter, Ava, um, November 10th. So to me, oh, I was like full year. Yeah. You know what I mean? Wow. So I so I got pregnant nine months after college and had her. And I have to tell you, like in 2007, people did not like unwed young mothers. That was not I people were mean to me. That was like my first experience with getting picked on, I guess you could say. Really? Yeah, because a lot of women some women do struggle with infertility and not being able to get pregnant and, and seeing a young girl get pregnant with, I didn't try. Like it wasn't like, I didn't try. We didn't try to have her. Um, and so that, that was a a burden, like not a burden, but like, I I felt all like bad for these women. Yeah. And then, um, when she was born, so I was 23 when I got pregnant, I was 24 when I had her. And cause and then having her, I didn't know how to hold a baby. I'd never changed the diaper. I changed the diaper like once before. I'd never held a baby. I didn't know what crying was. I didn't know anything. And I had already suffered with anxiety. So I did have postpartum depression. So mm-hmm. after I had her, I had postpartum depression, which thank God the nurses, I had her at Paoli Hospital, which is where I work now. So I work on Paoli. But um, she, the nurses knew mm-hmm. and they were on it and they were great. But the doctor was like, you're breastfeeding. We don't want to give you any medication yet for it, which now they don't mess around with because mm. it's so. But then, so I was like, all right. But then, so six weeks later after I had her, so that was hard because I wasn't married. It's and, a lot. Oh, and we bought a house. So when I was 
August, before I had her in November, August, I we bought a house. And that's the house I still live in. Okay. So we bought a house then. So we're 24 years old. By I'm seven months pregnant. We bought a house. It was crazy. It was like crazy. It's a lot of life. You know, you just, yeah, I just graduated. You're basically right? growing up literally within the year, getting yeah. out of college. And I had to grow because up. Because you're having a baby. Yeah. And I had this baby in my belly. Like it wasn't. It's where they go. Yeah. <laughs> but like it was like in my body. So like I couldn't like go to the store. You know, like I couldn't go out. So I missed, I mean, I went out a lot in college and after. The post-college party. Yeah, like I missed. Reuniting with everyone. Yeah, and then traveling. Mm. I Luckily, obviously, I am very fortunate. I traveled a, a ton in elementary, like middle school and elementary school. Right, like sure. I've been to Disney World. I got to do a lot of stuff. So I was very fortunate. But I always say this thing. It's like, now I have three children. But during that time I was having my children, I remember I, think I, had, my, I had my third already and um, Su- Susie was going to Miami for the weekend mm-hmm. and sh- I was like, you're going to Miami and I'm going to buy a minivan this weekend. Like, how is this? This is my life. And it was still hard to like catch a, get a grip on it and being young and doing that. So I was sick. I had the postpartum depression, wasn't taking medication for that. At my postpartum visit, they told me like, you got to take something. And I was like, no, so scared. I didn't want to, I was breastfeeding. I didn't want to mess with anything with the baby. But then I found, I, then I started having like palpitations and I thought that that was from anxiety. So I went to the, my GP, my family physician. And then it turned out I had something was wrong with my EKG. So then she was like, one, you have to start taking medication because you're sad. Like Mm -hmm. I was depressed. It was awful. And to now something's wrong with your heart. So we're going to find out what that is. So I had to go to a cardiologist. I went to a cardiologist and I have P- I have PVCs. So they're premature ventricle contractions. It's hormonal. Most of the time hormonal women get it a majority of the time. Typically first trimester of pregnancy, third trimester of pregnancy, postpartum, um, around their menstrual cycles or menopause. Mm. Or you can get them other times. But those are like hot, hot, hot times to have them. Alcohol, caffeine, lack of sleep, anxiety. Basically, the top part of my heart, when your heart is beating normally, top and bottom, bum, bum, right? With PVCs, the top will beat, the bottom doesn't. So the bottom fills with blood. Typically, heart only fills with half, I guess, halfway. So the bottom fills up all the way with blood, misses a bottom beat, second time beats and it's a stronger beat. Mm-hmm. So it's like a super beat. Mm-hmm. It's not life-threatening, but I did have to take medication for a time for a long time period until I got pregnant again. But also at that time, so that was like eight weeks postpartum. So I'm dealing with postpartum depression. I'm now taking medication for a heart problem. And then at 12 weeks postpartum, I go back to work at the Marriott. I'm back at work. I got a headache and I'm like, God, my head is killing me. And everyone's like, oh, you're fine. It felt like my ponytail was too tight. Mm. And I like couldn't like scratch it. Like I couldn't get it to stop. Like when something's just facing the wrong way, it just hurt. And then food started tasting different. And I thought that the food I was eating was weird. Like it was just. So then um, like a Monday morning, I I had my friends over for the weekend. I was like, everything, something's wrong. She's like, no, you're fine. This food tastes fine. You're just, I was like, all right. Monday, I thought I was sick. So I went to the doctor and I tried to move my face. It was so weird. Like I couldn't, 
I like something itched on my face. So, you know, like when you try and like put your lips over your teeth or something Mm -hmm. and my lip was like going the wrong way. I was like, this is so weird. Mm -hmm. So I went to the doctor. I thought I had a sinus infection and that's what they thought I had. And there's little cues now that I know that happened that I should have said, but like I couldn't keep a thermometer in my mouth when they took my temperature. It kept falling out. Mm. And I, so I just held it. Sounds like a stroke or cerebral palsy. Oh my God. That's I. Bell's palsy. Well, that's what I had. Oh, I had Bell's palsy. So now, mind you, when I was nine months pregnant, my ex-husband asked me to marry him in my kitchen. So I, that night, I had a, I had a three-month-old, well, twelve-week-old. So I, we went to um, look at dresses as we were trying on like bridesmaids and wedding gowns and stuff. I kept saying to my mom, like, my face feels weird, and she was like, "Well, smile." I said, "I am." She's like, "Do you want to go to the hospital?" And I said, "Nah, I think my face is just swollen." Because I thought that my sinuses were like, that's what it felt like at first. And and my head hurt so bad. And I remembered having like the day before that weekend, like the baby was crying, Ava was crying and my hearing hurt. Like it just hurt so bad. Like it was like knocking me on my feet. And I was home alone because Adam was out with friends or something. And um, so after that, my mom said that I was like, now I'm just going to go home. And I like realized my eyes stopped working real well. And stuff was something was wrong. I, anyway, I got home and I said, something's wrong with me. And he was like, well, what? And I said, I don't know. My eye can't blink. I said, my face feels funny. And he said, at this point, he told me to smile again. And I said, I am smiling. He's like, you're not moving your face. And I said, yes, I am. And he said, we have to get you to a hospital now. So I actually called the doctor. And then he took me to the hospital and he's like, keep trying to move your face. And I couldn't like my nostrils stopped right like every, on my whole left mm-hmm. side of my face. So I got to the hospital and that was like an ordeal because we had a 12 week old baby in in a hospital, which I did not want her there. Like mm-hmm. I didn't want her near sick people. Mm-hmm. Um, right. It was December. Yeah. Or February. It was February. Cold season. It was cold flu. flu. She's in an emergency All room in Doylestown Hospital. shit. Oh my God, yeah. we are 24 years old. We're idiots. Like, we don't know. Like, I don't even think she had f- socks on. Like, we like put a, threw a blanket on top of the car seat and ran out because I thought I was dying. And then um, I remember the, they didn't even do a CAT scan, which they should have done a CAT scan at that time, but they didn't, or an MRI. But he came in and he's like, oh, and my speech was slurred. So, of course, the nurses thought I was having a stroke because mm-hmm. what happens with Bell's palsy? So what ended up ultimately having is happening is that I had a virus. They don't know. Maybe I had a virus. Something happened. I had swelling in the left side of my bottom, like my brain. So I had some kind of damage and it caused swelling. In there, there's the nerves move around in the back of your brain there. And my seventh cranial nerve nicked, hit part of the thing that was swollen. Mm. And because of that damage, that nerve. So then the whole left side of my face was paralyzed. So in with that, my taste buds went. And so I had no so taste buds, which is funny, which is why everything tasted funny. I had no taste buds on the left side of my tongue. Um, my mouth wasn't working properly, so I was like biting my tongue, which I didn't realize. Uh-huh. Um, my ear, my hearing was amplified. So like if you hear it, like say a decimal one, like mine was like a 20. So when my daughter was crying, it hurt so bad because it was like knocking me over my ear. Like this doesn't typically happen with people. I guess I don't typically have pain, but I had a headache so severe that I thought I had like a aneurysm in my brain. Like I was like, I, I, my ear hurt, my physical, like not inside my ear, but like my ear lobe hurt. And it, it was horribly painful. 
And so when you have Bell's palsy, you can't move. So no taste buds. My tongue didn't work on that side. My eye, I couldn't close my eye. Right. So my eye was open all the time. I couldn't move that side of my mouth. So you have two weeks. Um, after two weeks, Bell's palsy gets as bad as it's going to get. Then there's a hit or miss if it's going to get better. Mm-hmm. It's going to go away. They said I had a 15% chance of recovering from it at this point. And I'm thinking, shit, I'm getting married in a couple months. I have a baby. I'm 24. Like, is my face going to be paralyzed for the rest of my life? And now, again, this is like 12 years ago, so I don't really remember every exact detail of it. But they, um, I knew it was important that I was able to close my eyes. So I had to wear it because they didn't want my cornea to get damaged. So I had to wear like an eye patch. But also steroids. So I took Mm. a ton of steroids. They gave me a lot of prednisone. I took a lot of pills. And I worked at the Marriott in the front office. I was a front office like manager. So they, I remember the doctor came in. He was like, what do you do for a living? I said, oh, I work at front office manager. He's like, um, yeah, people are going to stare at you. I was like, this is me. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> I was like, this is great. So I stayed home from work for a week. But so the next day I called Oh, good, my, a week. Yeah, I took off a week. Yeah, and my face better. was, I looked like, I looked like Rocky. I yeah. looked like Sylvester Stallone. Like my face, the whole left side of my face. Yeah. face was like and luckily i'm young so my skin was tight in my face so it wasn't drooping that bad but like sure. it was bad so by that night my face was completely paralyzed there was no i couldn't move it and we had so that was february of 2008 because okay. ava was born in november then 2008 we had like a massive snowstorm and my mom like couldn't come to help me because like she couldn't drive there so Susie got in her car and drove through this horrible weather and came and helped me the next day. Cause, um, Adam went to work and I was afraid to be all home alone. And so she came and she stayed with me and thank God I couldn't have done it. Like, that's why I say I have like a great support system because mm-hmm. I mean, she didn't know what she was doing. She didn't, she stayed with me and helped me take care of the baby. Like good again. practice for her. Oh my God. Yeah. Well, and now her kid's like five. So I mean, her <laughs> oldest is younger, three years younger than my like youngest, but I wow. mean, but she, I was like, that I, I don't know. I was so lucky. I couldn't yeah, like. Yeah, that's cool to and, have someone. Yeah. So it was kind of, some points it was funny. I had to wear an eye patch. Um, I, <laughs> um, I couldn't, only eye patch at night because I couldn't close my eye to sleep. Right. And so I would like try and like, I would like hold my eye down yeah, to blanket. Yeah, you had no control of it. Oh, know? I had no control. I couldn't move that side of my face. So it always looked like I was talking out of like yep. one side. And um, when I ate. Food would like fall. I have like drooling. It was awful. Yeah. And I, um, the funny part, there's a couple of funny parts of it, but like, you know how, um, I thought that if I smiled that half of my face would look normal and the other half right. would just be complete, like not move. Hmm. Um, so I thought it would look like if you actually smile and like cut a, put a line or a mirror or wall, something in between it. I look like, um, two face from Batman. Mm-hmm. I Tommy Lee Jones. Yes. And it looked like I was growling at people. Like I've got that tape somewhere. In. Yeah. No, I looked like I was ground. Like it didn't look like a half smile. It looked like yeah. I was actually like mm-hmm. growling and gnarling at Bell's people. palsy. Uh, so I worked in at WWE mm-hmm. and Bell's palsy. Uh, there's a commentator it used to be at WWE. Now it's in another company, but Bell's palsy is like a huge part of his history. He had two, maybe three bouts of it. Uh, uh, while you know, and he's, a broad- and he's a, yeah, he was a broadcaster, a commentator. And it's so for it to happen more than once. 
they told me that my chances of getting it were the same as anyone else's getting it. Hmm. Again, like they said, I shouldn't. He have. got it twice, uh, once on the air. Uh, he must have it, had a reoccurring. Yeah, and it's and, so scary too when it happens like that. It was awful. Yeah, it was awful. I, I mean, and just saying, like at that point, that's when I, I mean, I was very self conscious about it. But and actually, my husband at the time, he was really good. He was really good with it that part. But he got me fake glasses. That helped so much hmm. because people like having something. Well, one, it protected my eye, but two, they looked at the glasses instead of my face. Mm-hmm. So that helped. Mm-hmm. But it's painful. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, you talk, you, you know, you just had a kid, but you're also you're about to get married, and and yeah, you know. Oh yeah, he wasn't my husband at the time; he was my boyfriend. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know. I I can't imagine that pressure, that just internal thought of you look different than you did when he proposed to you. Well, well, the good thing is that when he proposed to me, I was nine months pregnant, so um, I looked a lot different, yeah. no matter what. But um, self conscious, like I I had just had a baby, yeah. so like obviously I gained weight. And then my face was totally not what, I mean, it was not what it was before. Um, I had pain, I had postpartum depression, and I had a heart condition. Mm. So I'm seeing a cardiologist. I'm going to therapy at this point. I'm taking medications, a lot of different medications. I was actually, one of the parts was funny because they were like, now it's funny. They were like, um, so I take steroids and they're like, oh, well, your heart rate's going to go up and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, well, I'm also taking like Zoloft. And they were like, well, that will help. <laughs> and I was like, all right. You know what I mean? So, the, and I was like, that sounds great. And I was also taking like, uh, I can't remember the heart medication I was taking for my heart. So I'm taking like all this stuff. And I was like, oh my God, and I have a new baby. Yeah. It was just crazy. Yeah. But I have to say my sister, Shotland, at that time lived in New York. She came home. My mom retired from work. Like I, I could never say like how much of my support system. I am such a lucky person. Yeah. And I mean, they, my sister came home and helped me too a little bit after. I think it was around that time. My mom retired from work in January. So I, I and Susie was there. I, I was just so, Elisa came, Chrissy. I mean, I just really had these people who were such a good support system that I didn't even have to ask them. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, not many people have that. And, I am so lucky. Yeah. Um, because they were great. And then, you know, I did get better. I remember like the first day my face started twitching and I was like, huh? feeling my face is moving. Yeah. <laughs> and then you recovered incredibly. Yeah, you're like hundred percent recovered, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, a neurologist would probably tell you that I'm not. Yeah. I mean, because I remember afterwards I go in to see a neurologist. And if you've ever gotten an MRI of your brain, that is the weirdest thing. No. I cast him in on MRI. I had an MRI of your back is like your whole body goes in the tube. Right. That, so I've that's that. your back. Yeah. You're, like you're all the way in. Right. For your head, you're not. Okay. Now, again, I had a three-month-old baby. I'm on all this medication. I was tired of shit. And I had Bell's palsy. They put like a, a helmet. It looked like a Roman helmet. Like it was like... Mm-hmm. Right, touching my face, this mm-hmm. thing like went over, and they put like a thing over, it, and then they, I think they, they put earphones in, like little tiny pods in my ear, and then slid me in, and they said it's gonna be loud as hell. You're gonna be afraid if you need help, like to hit this button will take right. you out. I'm exhausted. But then you gotta start over. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, 
hold out as long as he can. Uh, it's and it's like clang, 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 bang, 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 so crazy in my head as I have this and pain this all this stuff. Two thousand eight. 2008. Yeah, so and, I imagine 11 years more technology. Oh my god, gotten better. It was awful, but I have to tell you, I fell asleep. Oh, okay, it. there you go. And they were like <laughs> screaming. I I woke oh up. God, it's over. I go woke home. up and they're yelling and they're like, "Are you okay?" And I was like, "I closed my eyes because oh, and I'm not a good sleeper, but I was so tired. Yeah. I had a newborn. Yeah. Like I didn't know what I was doing. A couple minutes of." freedom yeah i couldn't i like barely Peace. could change her diaper like i just was like knew nothing so i was like i will fall asleep anywhere at any time um and that's why i feel bad for my poor eva because she really got she grew up with me a lot but um but then i recovered and i was fine and wow so it's great i was lucky i feel very fortunate just because i just adjust i mean honestly eating was like hard and I got cavity because I couldn't get food out of Aww. my... And I couldn't taste oh, things. I thought I... Can I tell you that what I thought I had? I thought I had, uh, at first, I thought I had, like, botulism. Oh, my gosh. Because botulism, I thought I ate something. Were you Googling this shit? No, I worked at a hotel at the Marriott, and a chef came in, and he was like, oh, you might have botulism. Oh, Never listen to a chef. <laughs> chefs are certifiably crazy. They All are. chefs are batshit crazy. Because nerve damage Don't with, like, botulism chefs. or whatever. Oh, my God. I was like, great. I probably ate a swollen can of something, and I have botulism. Um, the last thing to do before we stop recording. Oh, your yearbook. I was like, is it take a selfie? Yearbook. We will take a selfie. So do you have people sign like their names in high school or like do I sign my signature? Like you have people sign the yearbook, mm -hmm. but when they sign their name, they don't use their full, like their first and last name. I uh, just sign it however you like to sign it. <laughs> I was like thinking about that. I was like, because people have different people, names than they did in high school, right? Yeah. Yeah. People write like it doesn't have to be like a formal thing. People, some people write a little message. Uh, some people just sign their name. So you sign what you would like to sign. Isn't it funny how like sign our um pictures i know well I because he had to like leave all this space otherwise it would be littered did you ever look and see if anyone who is like you do the podcast with signed your yearbook yeah so famously when i started this i didn't think anyone ever saw my yearbook so when i started I thinking about this that. i was like oh i gotta have people sign my yearbook and i have now since looked and like i had tons of signatures there's so many. Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, the only one I like clearly clearly remember is that Christian Warren wrote something in there because he actually wrote something about me going to WWE, and then I actually went to up. WWE. Yeah, you and should so, credit, you credit him for that. So that's the only one I actually like remember. Remember, but I know that like you know I know my friends signed it and some other random people signed it. This is like. Do you did you go back now since and read it? Yeah, some of them I don't know who they are. Some of them, I well, why don't if they don't know. write their name? I think they all do. Well, this one person, but I like I like the one that I'm. I don't see. see the name on the bottom one, but I like it because they put. Is that you watching the Sixers? And obviously they. Stay cool. I'll probably see you tonight to watch the Sixers. Good luck in school next year. People like you and I never lose touch. We have a special connection. It's Scott. Oh, okay. Scott Ritter. Yeah. Matt Jones. Chris. Chris. 
Wiley. <laughs> no, that was a teacher. Rodrigo. Is that a teacher? It says Miss in front of it, doesn't it? Miss Christie. Yeah. I think that was a teacher. Mm. Probably Rod- a substitute Rodrigo, teacher. Rodrigo, Malik Carr, Mr. Brody, Katie Ryan. I don't know who this person is. Although they said they've known me forever. Mm. Did they put their name on the bottom? Yeah. Right down here. That's Aaliyah, isn't it? Bradshaw? No? Aaliyah? Aaliyah Bradshaw? God, don't say Aaliyah. Sorry. I, I, have a fr- I, work with a- I used to work with a girl named Aaliyah. <laughs> Sorry, Aaliyah. I dated an Aaliyah. It's the only girl I, I ever did loved. You. So it's Aww. like a... When I interviewed Aaliyah, the heart, the first thing I said to her is like, if I start calling you Aaliyah, it's totally accidental. See, that's the hard part because like I worked with someone with Aaliyah and um, friends with her and it was just hard. It's hard to like, when I heard you guys do your conversation, I kept wanting to say that and I was like, no, it's Aaliyah. Yeah. Erica. Smursley. <laughs> she hated me. Steve Sellers. She Chris, hated you yet. She signed it. Chris Warren. Yeah. Do you want to know Erica Smurzer? Well, this has you. been an interesting year. I guess it's been cool getting to know you, even though most of the time you annoy the hell out of me. Well, good luck next year and all the years <laughs> to follow. Have fun. I think that's a pretty good thing if she didn't like you. She's pretty. It's like they were like just forced to because they don't want to. Bethany is probably my favorite one to hear. Bethany that wrote something. Bethany Smith. Yeah. So the senior year after Ray died, I spent a lot of time um hanging out in the library during lunch mm-hmm. uh, and i just started skipping lunch and i started hanging out in the library and bethany had um study hall and for some reason i just you know i always had a crush on bethany i'd known her since um since shady grove fifth grade we had class together and so i just started hanging out with her and i just would like ask her it was a weird thing where it's like I, I, one of those things where i definitely feel like I never felt like I belonged in high school, like hanging out with Bethany. And so she mm-hmm. was someone that I really lost complete contact with. Uh, and then we were just hanging out and she didn't like make me leave. You, is that, you know you what I mean? It's interesting about, I remember about her. She, I, I hung out with her in um, high school and um, went to, I knew her parents and like went to her house and stuff like that. And I played sports together and like softball when we were younger. And, um, she, she was someone who I think had the potential to be like one of those girls who was like super popular and like, did, like that's how, cause she just seemed, she was so chipper, so bright. So, and like the popular girl, but then as like high school went on, you just realize how n- normal she was. I mean, it, and, and now looking back, I mean, now seeing that, that she was sad, um, and you can see that she she did have like a real tone to her. It wasn't like she wasn't fake. Mm-hmm. So I had class with her and stuff in high school, but she was not someone who would, she never, I don't, I don't, she never made me feel like I shouldn't have talked to her, you know? I, and she never, no one ever made me feel that way. You know, very, you know, some people, of course, I had like direct confrontation with, and no mm-hmm. one ever made me feel that way. And that's part of this podcast is learning that. I felt like that because I felt like there are these class boundaries and mm-hmm. you're super cool and I can't talk to you and I can't, I can't. And I've had like the greatest time hanging out with you now for <laughs> four hours. We've been hanging it's out. Been four hours. Yeah. And we've just <laughs> been having like a great time just having conversation and stuff. Yeah. But I couldn't have ever done that in 11th, 12th grade. And so I really actually got to do that uh, final semester with Bethany and ask her about like, sadly, the future, what she wanted to do and, and, you know, um, 
how she wanted to be an engineer. And I remember yeah, like, like asking, cars. She loved cars. I, I remember. remember asking her and I felt so stupid. I had no idea. She's like, I want to be an engineer. I'm like, what does that mean? She's like, well, you know, like engineers design car engines and like, so you want to be like a mechanic? She's like, no, I want to like do the science that builds the engines that goes into the car. And I'm like, oh, wow. The fact that she knew that. Yeah. And I had these, you know, I just had really long conversations with her and I was skipping lunch to do it. And um, I didn't really like feel like I had anywhere else to go. Like I really, really enjoyed the time. I remembered it so clearly. And we had like an inside joke where uh, that I was stalking her. That was kind mm-hmm. of like I've never I don't have really ever told anyone this, but the inside joke was that I was stalking her. Yeah. And she wrote something like that in the yearbook. Um about like i'm sure i'll find you again because you're always like stalking me um mm-hmm. even though you stalk me i guess that you're i guess that you're all right just kidding it's been fun since fifth grade in mrs rose class and i'm sad that it's all over not too sad though but don't worry i'll still be stalking you next year in college you better watch out love always bethany and the last time i ever talked to bethany was after i think right after college or right after high school uh she was in the supermarket and i was on the phone with scott ritter and he's yeah. like dude you're never gonna believe this bethany is like here in the supermarket <laughs> i'm like oh my god dude give her the phone he's like no they're like, no 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 it's gonna be good like give her the phone yeah and he gets, he's like hey someone wants to talk to you and I, <laughs> and I go i'm watching you right now and she knew she's like brad <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> so i talked to her yeah. for like you know four or five minutes and uh yeah that's the last time i talked to bethany and i always felt just a little bit of i don't know i mean of course sadness but i always felt lucky that Mm -hmm. because i grew up with her in fifth grade and of course you know when you have like a crush and and i feel this way with a lot of like different crushes like i feel like a certain attachment depending on the time it was and that was you know such a time of innocence fifth grade and so i remember her from that time yeah and so to get to have that moment of conversation with her in my senior year at a really hard time in my life uh it meant a lot to me and of course the amount of time i've gone on about it like it's something that i remember very 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 clearly yeah very vividly um so i'm thankful for that and i think about that whenever now i see the yearbook and i see that she i didn't remember that she remembered that yeah. Until I started doing this podcast and I thought and I better look through these yearbook and I went, oh my God, I can't believe she wrote that. Yeah. And then um, I saw her, she came up to Bloomsburg in the summer and then I was talking to, we found out that she, when she had died, I taught, Jeff Pan called me and he went to Penn State with her and mm-hmm. he ran to her dorm. Um, so I remember that. But then, I mean, we can talk more about this later, but I like because you then having lost rice in your year and then finding a solace and speaking to somebody else. And then a couple months later, Weird, you know, yeah. like not even a full year later. I mean, we were um, saws freshman year, freshman year. Yeah, so first it was, semester, I think. yeah. And so then she passed away at Penn State and then her, that funeral and everything was, it was huge. couldn't go. I wanted oh. to go. I couldn't. It was do tele- it. it was like they. There were so many people. There were kids in the basement of the. Yeah. In, it was in Flower Town, and there was um, cameras. Like they, it was just unbelievable. Yeah, um, but, I couldn't do it for me. It was- no, but just to think about like what you went through dealing with a loss at eighteen years old, and then finding solace in someone who then passed away. So yeah. that that's something that's extremely heavy and tough to deal with at a young age. Yeah, wouldn't even know how to deal with it. I think of the friends whenever now, whenever, and we've lost so many, I think of the friends because I think of us and 
you know, quite honestly, our all of our friendships of Rays, we've all splintered since then. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, some of us, are just, it's just because we're just all living life. You know, Josh and Alyssa have kids and all that. But mm-hmm. some of us, you know, broke off from the group and, and had hard times. Um, and I think I think about how that's directly related to, to Rays passing. And so I think of, you know, what what I think. In this podcast form, I would think of a lot of times with the people that we've lost would be the cool kids. I think of a lot of those those cool kids that I had zero relationship with. And I just a lot of times I just think about I think about how that affect how I think that maybe affected them. And I just hope mm-hmm. that even with zero relationship and zero conversation with any of them, I, I hope that they're all OK. Yeah. Uh, and they continue to, you know carry those memories as I have with Ray and Ray's family and just keep those memories with them so that they can get through it. 18, I was 17 at the time. It was a really hard time to go through that. But, um, those factors of like someone you grew up with and then losing that from your life is a really hard thing. So I just, you know, it's something I always kind of keep with me whenever Mm -hmm. we lose someone from that group. Yeah. That's sad. sad. Tell me about it while you sign my yearbook. Tell me, (laughs) tell me about, um, your favorite class. Did you have a favorite class? Oh, uh, like a teaching yeah. teacher class. Um, oh, Mr. Curcio. Oh, really? Do you remember him? Yeah, I had Mr. Curcio. Uh, the one year we, that we did block scheduling, and I had Curcio for an entire semester. And you can take any of these pens. Wait, that how, are here. is it bad that I have to say the uh, um, alphabet in my head to figure out where I am? No, no, it was same thing with me when I'm I was like, where's C come in here? Oh, there I am. Um, yeah, Mr. Curcio, any of those pens, we'll see which ones work. I'm a big pen person. Okay. I'm feeling it out. Well, one of them is a sperm pen, so. What does that mean? It's a sperm. Oh my God, there's sperm in it. I've had, I'm not using that. I've had enough of that. <laughs> No more babies. Oh, God. I feel like I need to <laughs> clarify that like I'm way sorry. better. Um, I have three children. I don't need to get pregnant by a pen today. <laughs> it's a pen that has... Oh, sperm in it. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant like why I didn't need no, any more no, sperm. I feel, <laughs> no, I feel like I need to clarify what it was that I was trying to give you here. It's a pen that has plastic sperm <laughs> sorry, that's flirting so around. <laughs> I don't want to scare people away from this podcast. <laughs> He's trying to give me the sperm. <laughs> um, I don't know. What was my favorite class? Mr. Curcio. Yeah. So Mr. Curcio, I loved. He, uh, he, uh, he was a fun guy. He was. He, um, he was my English teacher. Mm-hmm. And I remember he, he was like, um, the tests. I remember the tests and the spelling tests. And one of our spelling words was like boombastic. Oh. And one was like toke. And he was oh. like, toke. You know, <laughs> like, like toke. Yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> and then like we would have a spelling test and he was like, I'm going to step out for a minute and he would leave and he's like, he put his head back and he's like, the answers are on the back wall <laughs> and he'd like leave. Yeah. And then like we have a scan, a scantron test yeah. and it was like every question, like we had, to, he's like every answer is like the same except for like the last one. So like everything was like, yes or yeah. a, and the last one was like D or something. And if we got the last one wrong, or if we got something wrong, like you'd fail us. Or I, I don't know, something like that. But anyway, I really appreciated him as a um, a teacher. He was a super realistic guy. I remember we had a book report we had to do on Catcher in the Rye, and yes. I didn't read it. Still never read it to this day. I remember reading it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't read it. And uh, he was like, oh, your your book reports do. To be, on, you know, to be completely, I think Mr. Curcio was gay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm yeah, sure yeah. he was. Yeah, so very flamboyant. So when I'm 
saying is because this is the voice of the hair. It's like, oh, your your projects do, your book reports do. And I'm like, oh, Mr. Curcio, I hate that fucking book. I can't read that shit. It's <laughs> culturally biased. And like, oh, well, why don't you just write me something 20 pages then? You need to do a report on something 20 pages and you have to write it and give it to me in a week. <laughs> so I said, can I write it on pro wrestling? He was like, yes. And so I wrote a 20 page report on, on the history of the WWE title. And he gave me a fucking A for it. That's awesome. It's incredible. It, like, I've never had teaching like that in my life. It was incredible. Shout out to Mr. Kirsten. Yeah. Shout out to him. And I I don't know whatever happened to him, if he ever was in school uh, after that or I whatever. Never. He's not a guy that people like champion. He's not like on Facebook. I, I at I least thought he I was amazing. Of. I mean, as a he teacher, and I think it was like my only honors class in high school. Um, I loved being in his class. He was I great. He was great. I, he always I, made me feel good about myself too. Yeah, a lot of creativity in his class. I used to write stories with uh, Scott Jordan in his class. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, like he, he I was. I liked a, our high school. <laughs> he was a really uh, fun teacher. So you like to see? I, I, you know. I don't feel like I liked high school. I liked aspects. Of Again, I told you I'm the opposite person. I, I had confidence, extreme confidence. Like and, and you were popular. Body confidence. I was not. I did not feel popular. No one, and you didn't have any issues with people. I had no issue. I mean, I don't think I did. No. I don't remember having any issues with people. No. You I loved just... high school. I loved. I, it's not like it was my prime. I loved other parts of my life, too. It's not like I went downhill after that. But, like, yeah. I loved. Um, I thought it was funny. Um I felt good about it, and I didn't feel like I just felt normal. Yeah, but I liked it, and I loved. I liked our principal, Mr. Anderson, yeah. was our principal. I loved him. I liked the teachers. Yeah. Um, now I did get in trouble. I mean, I had detention, and I did get. Sus- I got sent home from school once. Mr. Madden, man, he got me. Yeah, but a few of us. because I wore a spaghetti strap tank top, mm-hmm. so he made me go home early, and I was like, okay. So I think Lindsay Barley had to go home too. Mm. And I had a car. So we just drove to someone's house and hung out all day instead. And I called my mom. I was like, yeah, they're sending me home. She's like, you shouldn't have worn that tank top. I was like, yeah, I heard. And then um, I did have a teacher. I can't remember his name, but I know we talked earlier about like inappropriately touching people. My, this one teacher, he used to um, play with my hair. Oh, Oh, he would like take a bobby pin out of my hair and like do something. And so he would give me um, detention and I would skip it. Mm. And I was like, I'm not going to his detention. He's yeah, I remember who it is. It wasn't like, it was like the dare, you know, we had like dare. And I feel like the dare cop always came to his class. Maybe it was like a, I don't remember what kind of class it was. And mm. so um, I got. I don't like where this is going at all. This no, I got called creepier. for like in school suspension. Remember how they used to call you? Over yeah. Yep. So the disciplinarian, whatever his name was. came Jalboot. It? For ISS? Yeah. The guy who used to run it? Yeah, who was it? Mr. Jalboot? Big guy? I don't even remember. Big guy? No. Um, no. Mr. Jalboot was... used to run ISS. So who, time. someone like came, like they would come and get us and then uh, have Jalboot it. didn't walk anywhere. No. Just... So this guy, like, it was uh, like a, not Mr. Madden, but someone else. Anyway, he came like to get me. security guard, like Tyrone? No. Oh my God. Remember him chasing us, I feel. Um, no, this is like one of the admin. Okay. Anyway, he came. And it was like, you're going to have like, I, and I said, um, and I, there was like problems. They were saying like, I might not graduate because I skipped this class. And I said, listen, I said, he, I don't go to his detentions because I don't feel comfortable with the way that he touches me. He touched my hair. He says stuff to me in class. Like he's a jerk. Mm. And the teacher said, don't go to his class again. <laughs> Shit. He just said to me, sister, you're not going to get in trouble, but don't go back to his class. Yeah. 
And that was my ninth period. And so for the last like six weeks of school, I just left a period early. Wow. And I did not pass that class, but they did not stop me from graduating. And I was like, okay. (laughs) I just never went. I don't even know if I ever told my parents. Wow. It's out now. Yeah. Sorry, mom. (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry, mom. I skipped class, but it was because I was a strong, independent woman. I did not want a man playing with my bobby pins in my Mm -hmm. hair. (laughs) Isn't it funny, the initials? Did you put initials in yours? Yeah. The microphone's touching my hair. Yeah, I probably put Ray and Scott. I have like, I, it's so funny. Two of my friends have the same initials. So Christina Kolak and Cassie King. And I have uh, Christy Mullet, Susie Mullet. I think I put Lauren Hilton in here. I did love Lauren Hilton. Lauren Hilton. I did. I had a class with her. I don't know. LH. I don't know anyone else. I wasn't really like friends, good friends with her. I just loved her. You just loved her. <laughs> I did. Jen Becerra. And then I don't know who KM is. I think we had to do these in 11th grade if I... I mean, it's possibly dim in 12, but it could have been just like a time in your life where like you were hanging. No, I and... think that I was friends with her like in ninth grade. Like um, she played softball and mm-hmm. she. Um, Mr. F- we had a history class together and we sat next to each other. And I think I just like maybe she was like my girl crush. Hmm. Just liked her. I don't know who KM is, though. KM. Kate Moult. That's the only one I can think of. No, I have no idea. I think I was. I mean, how do we Kate Mole? Yeah, that's you know. If anyone else was friends with me, with if the any other KM out there, <laughs> hit me up. <laughs> yeah, get at, get at her. Get at. Do you sign over your picture? I'm like trying to. No. Yeah, that people. Yeah, people just signed over the picture. Um. Okay. I feel. Has anyone brought their um books yet? Has anyone what brought their yearbooks for you to sign? No. That would have been good. I don't know what I would write. I would probably, I have no idea. I would just. This is where I am right now. I like, I like, what's the typical thing that people write? Like keep in touch. Remember so, that? I mean, really just, yeah. Some people like you just sign your name. You could say it was, some people are just like writing about the experience of the recording. Like, Hey, it was fun. Some people have very emotional responses to the podcast. And like, yeah, I'm so glad you did this. Other people were like, I think felt bad that I felt like I wasn't a cool kid. And like, you're great. <laughs> Never You're forget. Amazing. Never forget how great you are. My biggest concern is that the pen works for you. Oh, it worked. Cool. But my handwriting is really big. Sorry. And my face is gonna be gone. This is like the the artistic. Now at this point, the, the your book is just artistic. It's not to necessarily read over it anymore. My name is so long. That I haven't written my full name in many years. Because like my that? last name, McQuaid, is now my middle name. So yeah. I'm Brianna McQuaid Sujak. Yeah. It's like, it takes me 10 minutes to write the whole, the whole thing, thing yeah. out. So I just do like a lot of scribbles. S. B. S. Okay, BMS. My whole life I've been, listen, my initials used to be BM, mm-hmm. bowel movement. Oh, yeah. And then I got married and it was BS. Oh, yeah. It's bullshit. So yeah. I've been full of shit my whole life. Yeah. That's what I say. But I'm like, you know, that's why I always use my middle initial. There you go. And then it was Judith as my middle name. So it was BJ for a long time, too. <laughs> so I really couldn't catch a break. That's but cool. I am now BMS. You're now BMS. <laughs> that, that works. All right. What a great way to end it. I know. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. All right. That was uh, that was Brianna and Sujak. Uh, thank you, Brianna. 
for just such a fun time. Yes, we actually did talk for about four hours. Um, and so there is obviously this is not quite a four hour episode, um, but there is quite a little bit of uh, of more conversation that Brianna and I had uh, that possibly will see the light of day again at some point. Um, we talked about a lot of different things, and I'll be completely honest, I struggled with uh, even leaving some of the stuff in. Um, I'm not one to really edit the episodes. Um, I know some people have had questions about that, but I don't really remove part of the interview for the sake of making me look good or necessarily making my guests sound good. Um, if it's extreme uh, or if it's some sort of a technical thing, I might remove it. If I'm doing it for time and I think it's repetitive, uh, redundant, whatever, I might take it out. But generally, I'm letting the entire interview fly. This one just being so long, uh, there are just some parts that I thought Brandon and I were just kind of having one-on-one -on -one conversation that maybe necessarily wasn't going to make the interview any better uh, or interesting. And so I removed it. But there are times that, you know, I listen to things and I don't really remove them, but I kind of go, oh, God, I, I wonder what people's reaction will be to this. Um, you got to remember, I'm putting myself out there. And so the story that I tell about Bethany uh, at the end of this podcast is a story that I've kind of um, you know, I've, I've shared with some people from time to time, but not really a lot of people and certainly not on this podcast. Um, and then, you know, I don't know, it's funny that, um, I've talked a lot about Ray and, um, I don't know, I, I don't really even have a, a problem doing it. It's not very difficult for me to talk about, you know, a relationship with, with my best friend growing up, but the story about Bethany and, um, what she wrote in my yearbook and, and the final semester of high school, um, is something that I've, I've really kept kind of close to the vest. It's something that was extremely personal to me. Um, but to be quite honest, I couldn't figure out a way to pull it out of the interview and um, not do the interview justice. Um, I thought it would have been awkward and weird. And it was one of those moments where I just had to say, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things where you just got to take a leap and you just have to let it fly. And so I let it stay in there. Um, again, that's not something that I, I normally even... Uh, struggle with as far as pulling content out of an interview. It's not something I do, but this was something that because I've never really talked about it and I don't know, it's something that was kind of very personal to me that I've been holding on to a little bit, I guess. Um, wasn't even sure about letting it out, but there it is. Um, something else that I did want to just address because we talk about it uh, here near the end is, you know, some of the teachers that we've had. Uh, we talked a little bit about it with Japanese class and then uh, some of the teachers that we've mentioned uh, later on that we had uh, have had some controversial times, uh, criminal times. I don't really know how to explain it. It's fucking awkward, guys, uh, when you have someone that, you know, was in charge of your education and then 10, 15, 20 years later, you're reading about them uh, online uh, about how they're going to jail or they've been fired. Um, and so I don't know the right way to talk about it, but to be quite honest, I just didn't want to have to keep pulling crap out of the interviews. And so this is something that has kind of come up briefly in the past. We've somewhat danced around it from time to time in other interviews, but we kind of got heavy into it. And Brandon was into talking about it. And I felt like, eh, fuck it. We're just going to roll with this thing. And so we talk about it. Uh, I hope uh, nobody is, is uncomfortable. You know, this is all first time stuff for me too, guys. So with that said, you know, a lot of stuff we talked about, but I, I just really enjoyed the the interview and, uh, you know, enjoying my time continuing to talk to to Brianna and, and uh, much like Susie, uh, looking forward to getting together with Brianna again.
uh, and just thank you for being so honest. No topic was off limits for Brianna. Uh, she was down to talk about everything. Uh, and so that always makes these these interviews so much more fun. And really, I feel like I got to know Brianna really well for uh, a first time hangout, uh, as is often becoming the case with a lot of these guests. So uh, speaking of guests, in two weeks, my guest will be Aram Lee. Now, I'm going to tell you flat out, uh, I'm, I think there's going to be parts of this interview that me, myself, I'm slightly embarrassed with. Um, I don't know how to explain this, but it was really, really important to me for this podcast to have Asian representation. We went to school with a, a large community of Asians uh, who came to this country at a young age with their parents. And uh, we'll get into it in the podcast. I felt a lot of times were segregated from the rest of the school. And I don't have many contacts on social media, uh, as I do with a lot of other students, with the Asian population of my high school. Uh, it was something that I was immediately aware of and something that I wanted to make sure that I targeted uh, especially hard so that I didn't get so far down into the podcast and get 30 episodes deep. And I have never talked to anyone Asian. I, I thought that that was going to be lopsided and boring. And so I reached out to Aram. And he was super cool about coming down and uh, and talking to me about Asian shit. <laughs> and and I, this this interview is going to be a lot of me just asking him questions that I've never asked anybody from high school. Uh, as far as, you know, why was this happening? Why was I seeing this? What was this like? Uh, explain this to me. And some of this stuff, I'm just going to sound stupid uh, asking these questions. And, and I can only imagine... If someone were asking me these questions about being biracial, um, I don't know. I might roll my eyes at some of these questions, too. And with most of these guests, I don't know them beyond high school or even in high school. But with Aram, I never even saw him around. I had no clue what he was doing. I never really saw pictures of him on Facebook. I never saw him in the neighborhood. I, I didn't see him at Monco. I didn't see him at Temple. Uh, I never ran into him at Reed's. And so really, this was like a lot at once of one learning about him in high school, but two also learning about what his life is like now. And this interview is going to have, uh, you know, for me, some, some shocking moments. And I just hope that at the end of this interview with Aram, I come out, uh, sounding like I learned something, um, because I think I did. And yeah, that, I just wanted to say that in that <laughs> I think I went into this interview with extremely embarrassing, goals, but Aram handled me like a champ and we had a great time and I'm excited to bring you guys that interview in two weeks on a Monday morning. So before we say goodbye, of course, the social media at we weren't friends in high school on Instagram at WWF in high school on Twitter. I'm at redshirt player and uh, that's about it. I'll see you guys in two weeks. On a Monday morning with my next guest, Ah Romley. Later.